podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, and welcome to episode 344 of Film Bastards. I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Foster, and as ever, I am joined by... Hello, everyone. And... Ian Loring, hello. And we're into, like, our millionth episode uh, during lockdown, and patrons have heard us talk about that and and other things. I remember uh, $2 a month, uh, Patreon slash Film Bastards. You can get extra content a bit of that there. Uh, you can also find this on We Are. I'm getting this done at the start now. So mm-hmm. quickly wish the end. We Are Pod Syndicate. I'll go through all of the other bits for that uh, at the end of the show. So we're double plugging. Um, what have we got this week, guys? What do we have? Uh, we have reviews of Lucy in the Sky. We're doing a catch up reviews, aren't we? Uh, we have 21 Bridges. Enjoy. Well, me and Ian have 21 Bridges. Becky doesn't she watch it. Uh, we have the uh, Shadow of Written Honey Boy. Uh, and we have our 99 uh, pence iTunes rental of the week, which is the Jeff Chan and Andrew uh, Reimer film Plus One. Uh, we'll also have the usual uh, string of tangents, a little bit of news, one trailer, because it's been a trailer, uh, and what we've been watching, and a few Twitter questions. Ian, what's been happening in the news? Tenant still hasn't been moved, has it? It's a very tense time. Uh, I must, it must be said, the uh, the thing I'm most tense about, which makes me appreciate how lucky I am, is whether Tenant gets moved off its uh, July release date. Warner announced a bunch of release date shuffles uh, yesterday. Tenant was not amongst them. Um, Brad pretty quickly trolled me, basically saying... There's a date in uh, June 2021 that's looking awfully free. And it's like, yep, fair enough. But um, in the US, cinemas are still very, very, we will be open in June, July. Um, I mean, that whole, did you guys see the thing about Georgia, about how they're basically going to open everything back up in the next couple of weeks? And it's like, yeah. Fucking hell. Wow. Somebody put it out. It's like he's literally reading from a list of the most closely proximated professions you can have. (laughs) 
fucking mental. Um, it is just because they're just well, it well, it is literally America has become, and I know not our American listeners, but it's in the same way as um, you must have been looking at the whole Brexit thing with us and thinking. I don't know what you're doing this for. Neither did we. Uh, it is a little bit stupid as a stupid does at the moment with America. And again, it's such a small population, a uh, proportion of the population that are making such a big noise. And it just, it seems baffling. <laughs> it, it, it's basically a Petri dish for the world at the moment. It's like, let's see what happens there. You it, know, it literally um, is. And it, it's, the problem is, you will get every single one of them that doesn't die will celebrate it like they've achieved something. <laughs> it's like, congratulations, you, yeah. But there's all these people that have died because of your stupid, weird agenda. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's it's fucked. Um, but you'd like to think by July. You know, there'd be something there. I mean, in the end of the day, like Quiet Place 2 pulled its release a week before the motherfucker was out. You know, um, it, it, it Tanit could call it quite close and then like late June go, okay, 2021. Tenet, I, I, think, I think they're looking at it and going, do you know, with certain movies, I think they're looking at and going, Let's just hold fast at the moment. Hold steady. Do we need to cancel it now? No. Then why would we? Mm. It's so. It looks like the first big in quotes film due to come out is actually the new Purge film, the Forever Purge, which is still no. I didn't even know it was a thing, but it's due to come out in early July. Um, you know, and and you know, we shall see. I maintain that if Warner are able to release Tenet, where it's the only big film playing, so even if screens are op- operating at 50% capacity, you can fucking ram the showtimes in, that thing will make so much more money than it would have otherwise. If Tenet is basically the only show... Tenet and Mulan are the only shows in town until Wonder Woman 1984 in mid-August. Those films will be fucking... Like, they will do billion-dollar grosses. Oh, yeah. People, you know, people will want to go out there. The cinemas will be fucking desperate to be as clean as humanly possible. There's a really interesting... uh, uh, you know, Deadline did not cover themselves in glory yesterday with their headline saying Georgia theatre is hopeful to be open as early as next week. It's like, fuck off, Deadline. Is that really the line you're going to go with? They're hopeful. Just call them out. But they did a really interesting piece about how cinema tra- chains are like looking at gearing up for getting back. And it was even like talking about like how they're going to deal with popcorn and hot dogs and whatnot. And Cinema chains will spend a lot of money to be open and just super clean. If it means less show times to to increase the time they get to clean in between shows, uh, if it means like fucking temperature checks for staff and all that kind of shit, if it means just even something as simple as banning paper ticketing, they they will have ways. As long as the authorities allow them to be open, they will be open and they will take that shit seriously. So, you know, 
if cinemas in the US are open in June showing catalogue content, fine. You know, I mean, in the end of the day, I wouldn't be surprised. New Mutants is still undated. If cinemas in the US are open in June, what stops Disney from just going yes to New Mutants in there? Yeah, that's it. They'll, they'll, they'll drop stuff there. But they'll, the thing is, I was reading something that said, um, you know, let's say cinemas do reopen um, mid June. Well, what would they actually show? It's like they'll find something. Yeah, I mean, that, 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 that's it. You know, it, that, that is, that for me feels like one where it could go either way. It could go streaming or it could just go this. We will put this out as a tester. In the end of the day, if people are fucking desperate to go back out to the cinema, then New Mutants will probably make more money as well. Tenet, first major blockbuster. That will do huge numbers. Mulan, first family film. That will do huge numbers. Yep. You know, it's 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 an interesting time, and every week we get fucking closer. And then September over Labor Day weekend, so like early early September, you got Quiet Place Part Two. That motherfucker will be fucking huge. What we're gonna see is just these big films that have been delayed, just having dynamite openings until like post Christmas. Like yeah. after that, it'll be like everything should be relatively sane again. Uh, and but until then, you know, yes, ci- like cinema chains and distributors have lost out on an awful lot of money over the last few months. But the extra money that these films will earn, not saying it's gonna like it's gonna cover over absolutely everything, but they're they're gonna do okay. But fuck me, if you move Tenet to 2021 it, i can't even mm. yeah i know what you mean mate it you know it's it's that it's that thing first it was the dog and then we got the dog and the dog's a fucking arsehole <laughs> um it's a puppy it is what it is but jesus christ um now it's Tenet. I'd need Tenet to stay put. I need Tenet to be the big, big film. That to be a billion dollar grocer, great reviews, and we set up the Christopher Nolan versus David Fincher Oscar race of my fucking masturbation dreams. Let's go. <laughs> Any other news this, this week? Yes. So, actually quite a bit has dropped in the last hour or so. So, well, hit me. The, Venom 2 has moved to 2021. Um, It it is now coming out in June, but it has the title Venom Let There Be Carnage. (laughs) Fair play, Venom. (laughs) Go on, then. Yeah. (laughs) Love it. Love it. I I love how literally just ballsy and it, it literally, like, it's like they've gone, right, can anyone come up with a title that will piss off the most people? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm down with that. It's, yeah, brilliant. Fucking brilliant. Andy Serkis directed Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Let's go. Uh, also, Chris Pine is in talks to, it's kind of interesting, like, the movie news seems to be gathering pace now that, like, production companies are a little bit hmm we might be able to start shooting in a couple of months so 
Chris Pine is in talks to lead a new reboot of The Saint. Ooh, um, sorry? I can see that, actually, yeah. The Val one. It's not originally the Val Kilmer one, uh, but he did do a version yeah. of it, yeah. Hmm. That's interesting, though. It's... I mean, is he... Is he... Try like it's interesting. Is he trying to go leading man again? Because he's always, I, I think you've said in the past, Mark, that he seems like one who's not necessarily bothered about being the leading man. And it's no. almost like he fell into Star Trek. You know, he willingly takes a supporting role in the Wonder Woman films uh, and, and seems perfectly fine with that. So, you know, obviously, he had uh, Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit, which went nowhere. Um, Despite Kenneth Branagh's excellent Russian accent. Um, <laughs> um, but now, I don't know what that was, by the way. Um, but yeah, now now we got Chris Pine doing this. Has Chris Pine got a little bit of Roger Moore-ish kind of smirky charm about him? Yep. 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 Uh, sure, why not? I think he's, he, and I, I genuinely do think Chris Pine is a really, really interesting, like character actor. Yeah. You know, he's. I mean, I will say the best things I've ever seen him in are Helen High War. Don't get me wrong, he's he's very good at, as um, James T. Kirk in in Star Trek. James Tiberius Kirk. Yeah, I, I, I like him in that, um, and he he's funny stuff like that. But um, the bits that I've most enjoyed him in have been. Helen Highwater, um, Stretch, and Smoking Aces. He's fantastic in Stretch. Mm-hmm. The, the fact that you've got in the middle of where I would actually say where at the point of where Chris Pine was probably at his his most bankable and his his biggest. Mm-hmm. So yep, yep. I was burning brightest. <laughs> he decides to take on this really fucking weird. Role in this Joe Carnahan movie that ended up being uh, ended up being like a big argument that in the end that Carnahan just went fuck it I'm not going to make any money on it because I can't sell it to make money because of these legal wranglings so I'm just going to give it to fucking streaming because they can't stop me from giving it to streaming and so just did that <laughs> and just went fuck it there we go and then. Was literally told, right, you can do that, but you can't credit Pine in it. He can't be credited in it. Because part of the legal wranglings were to do with other things he was involved in. And they just went, fine, we don't care. Everyone knows he's in it. Look, he's there. <laughs> you know, and it's not like a, like a little small part. He's like one of the main supporting characters in the entire movie. <laughs> I, I love that film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's absolutely fair. Greatest film of the past decade. That great bit where he's got that ticket to that weird party and has to give it to the weird guy at the counter. And to accept it, he doesn't look at it or anything like that. He just sniffs it and then laughs and then waves them through. <laughs> I need to rewatch Stretch. Uh, it's, it is honestly fantastic. It really is an absolute joy of a film. Uh, finally in movie news, I think, in uh, a little bit of why news. Um, there's going to be a Hunger Games prequel. Um, a what? Fra- yeah. Francis Lawrence is back to tra- direct. Michael Arndt is writing it. Hunger Games prequel. 
why? I mean, it, it, should they inform people that the third Hunger Games film came out first? <laughs> I never got round to Mockingjay Part 2. I watched Part 1. I watched Part 1. Yeah. I never got round to Part 2. God. I mean, that is a fucking franchise that doesn't exist anymore. No, it doesn't, does it? It, it? it literally just disappeared. You know, I mean, I, I remember how big the first one was and how, like, controversial it was. Um, but, yeah, I mean, even when you think of Jennifer Lawrence, you don't... I mean, fair play to that girl. The decade she had, you don't think of Hunger Games, you know. Um what do you think of Jennifer Lawrence? Well, she's just Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, so, all right, then. So which one strikes you first when you say Jennifer Lawrence? Is it Hunger Games for you? Really? All what right. Fair think? enough, then. I don't, I, yeah, I don't know. Because it's... Um, American, what's it? Yeah, I mean, Space, space Microwave. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's, it's, it's American Hustle. Silver Linings Playbook or Winter's Bone or I mean to be fair the X-Men films yeah if I have to it's the image I get in my head are either Winter's Bone or uh, American Hustle I'm actually going to watch American Hustle again as well at some point because I I, I think that 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 film just needs a bit of a reassessment yeah I'd I'd like to know I'd like to rewatch it and kind of work out again what the fuck David or Russell was going for. Because <laughs> mm. he either lands it perfectly, but everybody misunderstood it, or he lands it terribly, and the sheer talent of the cast made it work. <laughs> it was so weird, though, because it, it kind of came out like really, really late in Oscar season, and then suddenly got a load of Oscar nominations, but then see, people just seemed to call on it, and then I don't think it won anything. And it <laughs> The mental thing about that was it got loads of Oscar nominations yet didn't get one for hair and makeup and that yeah, is 70% hair and makeup. That's fucked up, really? Yeah, I, I remember looking at it going, what? Literally, I, that was for me, it was like, well, obviously American Oscar is going to win best hair and makeup and it didn't even get a fucking nomination, but it wow, did for please. best editing, I believe. <laughs> I, I watched it. Fuck. I mean, David O. Russell, that that was a fucking weird old like run that he had. Because what was it? The Fighter, Silver Linings Playbook, American Hustle, and he's like, this guy is almost Oscar gold. Like he's got a reputation for being a dick, but he gets great work. And then Joy just came out and just wet far, and it just hasn't. Yeah, not not great. Like great cast and kind of ambitious, but not great. And then just fucking, he 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 disappears. Yeah. Oh yeah. Very very odd. Oh shit. It was about um. She's an inventor, isn't she? He he's got a what is it? He, he's working on something at the moment, isn't he? With uh, Christian Bale and Michael B. Jordan. That sounds interesting. That he's literally in production as well at the moment. I think. Uh, but yeah, he, he was. My, my a binary memory of him is um, him being on a Oscars uh, Vanity Fair roundtable with um, Tarantino and 
somebody else and, and literally every time he spoke you could see everyone just looking at him going I don't like him yeah, yeah. and it's like it's like, it's like everyone at that table had literally like been in a room just before it with George Clooney and gone I'm going to do this round table with David Russell and he's gone oh, I don't like him and they've gone really why and he's explained it and they've all just sat there and gone why did George Clooney like him did it not but then you, the worst of it was Tom Hooper was on the same thing. And every time he started talking, I can't remember it was, one of the other directors that was on it, I think it might have been Ridley Scott, literally just literally just cut him off mid-word and started talking about something else. <laughs> Which Tarantino found absolutely hilarious. Uh, God, what is Tom Hooper going to do next? I mean, that's a fucking... Oh, what is he gonna do next? Like, oh, does Ian? Oh. Ian, Ian, does cats have an iTunes um, date yet? No, still a fucking iTunes date. It's still pre-order on iTunes. I don't That's like get it. Once after it was released, that should be out. Like, I don't imminently. get it. The, the US is person in the whole world who wants that, <laughs> and that's Ian. But it's like, do you know what? I'm tempted to buy it on 4K for the 4K picture because you can't, like, there is no 4K disc. I'm tempted to get it on Blu-ray for the uncompressed audio. Like, it's, I don't know what to do. Um, but I want to do a commentary for cats. I want to do a commentary for the commentary for cats. Um, I like. I want to do a commentary for the audio description track of cats, which is apparently incredible. Um, <laughs> I like it's. I need cats. You need you need I, you need all the. You're gonna watch all those extras, aren't you? Uh, mate, whatever they're fucking serving, I'm fucking gobbling up with a spoon. <laughs> I like gimme, gimme, gimme. I I can't wait. I cannot. I might just record me. Just like I don't know. No, I can't because it's quarantine. Because otherwise, it'd be like right. Don, take lots to your parents. I am literally going to like spend 12 hours doing a commentary of Cats, the commentary of Cats, the audio description track for Cats and all the features. <laughs> I, it, it's, I, like, I want to show it to Donna. I want Donna to watch it drinking a bottle of wine. And just see what she thinks. You know, that's... I want to show cats to people. And just go, what do you think of this? Yeah, not not, 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 not to show them that it's good. But just to gauge, just just to get a good spread of reaction to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, 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 going, like using it as a social experiment. <laughs> yeah, no, at 100%. I just cannot wait. I'm so fucking annoyed that it doesn't have a release date yet on iTunes. Like, because films get release dates on iTunes quite a few weeks before the motherfuckers come out. Cats, Universal is just like, we're just going to make him wait. We're going to hope that nobody realises that we're not going to release this. I I just... So fucking frustrating. That they're teasing me. With the fact that it's in fucking 4K and HDR. 
I mean, this is the thing, like, a 4K disc release of Cats was planned before the film came out. There was a pre-order on Amazon. The film came out. They fucking fucked that right off. <laughs> you know, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they pulled the DVD and Blu-ray release. The only way you will be able to fucking see Cats is Laserdisc. <laughs> Well, what I'll say is currently on pre-order, Downhill, Little Women, and Bad Boys for Life all have dates. Yeah, yeah. As does Jojo I mean, Rabbit, but... as does Parasite, as does Birds of Prey. But cats don't. <laughs> They've got something planned. Birds of Prey comes out on iTunes on fucking Friday. Yeah. Friday! You know... That's, what, like two and a half months? And I get why. You know, Sonic the Hedgehog has been out on iTunes for the last couple of weeks. But Cats? No. Give us Cats, iTunes. Just fucking universal, I should really say. Give us it. We need Cats. It's mental. There's stuff coming out that has got, like, dates that has come out loads later. It's so odd. Uh, Because it knows how much you want it. Yeah, it is. It's just teasing. Um, Trailers. We have a trailer. We have one trailer, I think. We have any more than one trailer? I think it's one. One. Uh, Nobody expected this. (laughs) Uh, Everyone had kind of forgotten that this even existed or was even a thing. Until Josh Trank basically announced that it's coming out on video on demand on May 12th. Uh, and it is his Capone film starring Tom Hardy, Matt Dillon, No Fisher, Cal McLaughlin, uh, and um, Linda Cadellini. What do you think, Ian? I think the makeup looks like it cost a fiver. <laughs> <laughs> Right, are there certain, um, like, um, items that come up before a movie that make you go, ooh, nice, like, like things like New Line Cinema and a certain thing. Are there certain ones that make you go, uh-uh? <laughs> because whenever Bronze Studios comes up, you kind of a little bit go, ah, this is going to be fun. It ain't going to be good, but it's going to be fun. <laughs> It's. Uh, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be talking about a Josh Trank film later on, and I, I, what I will say is the fact that Josh Trank retweeted the link to the trailer, saying it is his cut, has me tremendously excited, because like it's his title as well, didn't he? Sorry. Changed name, hasn't it? Yes, it was called Fonzo. Yeah. <laughs> I think Capone kind of makes more sense from a marketing point of view. Um, Yeah, I, you know, why not? I want to, I'm intrigued to see Josh Trank happily put a film out and see how it lands. Yeah, it it, it seems a little bit, this could be his American, uh, what is it, um, Gangster Squad. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It's interesting because Chronicle kind of, it's almost got the, 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 the tang of two minuses somehow equaling a positive um, with, with Josh Trank and, and Max Landis. Um, yeah. So, Is that, that's the Anne Hathaway one. 
No, no. that's colossal. Uh, Chronicle, it's the found footage one with uh, Michael B. Jordan and Dane DeHaan. He goes all Akira at the end. Okay. You have seen it. Have I? Yeah, you like Better Club. I like Dane DeHaan, so. But, yeah, it, it, it's. I, I think Trank is an interesting filmmaker who very, like, would like to march by the beat of his drum if those paying for it let him. Um which I will talk about later. Um, and Capone kind of seems like, yeah, they have. If you couple that with someone with just such a one-minded, I am going to act the living fuck out of this mentality as Tom Hardy always does, that's <laughs> a potentially toxic combination which could produce something really... In- this film will be interesting. That's it. Whether it's Gotti interesting or Scarface interesting remains to be seen. That's it. It, it, It's going to be a ride, whether or not it's a smooth ride um, that that makes you feel all kind of nourished and classy, or whether or not it's a bumpy as fuck ride that you get out of it and go, why did I get in that gangster-themed clown car? Like little Dame DeHaan, he's another one that has literally was everywhere for like a good couple of years, and then has been nowhere for a good couple of years. Yeah, I think I think Luke Besson ate him. <laughs> it's it's highly like I really wish that movie had done. He he had he had a bad 2017, didn't he? I want to rewatch that. Not actually a bad. There weren't bad films. A bad fan. A bad, bad box office. Because a cure for wellness. Is a really great, weird oh, fucking film. Shit, yeah. And then, um, I mean, Turip Fever was just a bit boring. Um, but Valerian um, and the City of a Thousand Planets is really good and it did okay. It's just the problem with that movie is it should have cost $90 million and it didn't. It cost $190 million. Mm. I mean, Jesus Christ. His two credits. God, yeah. Wow. Dane DeHaan. His two theatrical credits after Valerian. The boxcar children, colon, surprise island. Um, <laughs> what the fuck is that? Where he's a voice. And then he was in a 2019 film, The Kid, which is directed by Vincent D'Onofrio and stars yeah. Ethan Hawke, Dane DeHaan. What the fuck is this? Chris Pratt, Luke D'Onofrio, and Adam Baldwin. Yeah, I feel like I'd watch that. I what the fuck? Dane DeHaan plays Billy the Kid, and um, Ethan Hart plays Pat Garrett. All right, I'm fucking find out if this is available anywhere. <laughs> we might, we what might have a show. It's on now, so it'll be on Sky. It's not, is it? Oh, wowee. Yeah, it's on Sky. Oh, I want to watch that. Yeah. Are we reviewing The Kid next week? I think yeah. we are, yeah. <laughs> I think Sweet. It, I think it's pretty obvious that, that we are now, yeah. Downloading HD. Yep. <laughs> Done. Done. <laughs> oh, let's go. Oh, let's go. Yeah. Six minutes long. That's a perfect length for a cowboy movie. Yep. The fuck? Wow! <laughs> what a treat! 
I mean, it's got to be bad if, like, it's just... No one's heard of it. <laughs> no one's heard of it. And Chris, Chris that is a cast. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, regardless... So Dane DeHaan, he's in all these big films, he's in the fucking Spider-Man movies, and then just disappears. I hope he's happy. You know, I, I hope it's just, you know what, I'm good. And he's just it's, living his life. It, it's a little bit of the um, the whole... Um, I know recently, uh, Jessica Levitt did a Q&A mm. uh, on... I don't know. It probably, it probably been on uh, Hit Record. Um and it, it was actually, you know, where have you been? Why, you know, why haven't you been doing anything for a few years? Um, and he said, well, I, I have, but I've just not been doing movies. I've been doing the the website collective that we've got and the, um, you know, the, the sort of creative incubator we've got and kind of been enjoying just being a dad for a little bit. And it's like, fair enough. <laughs> you know what? Why, why not? <laughs> Oh, that's great. Yeah, he and his wife, they're having a second kid who's going to be born in the summer of this year. Yeah. Lovely. That that that's great. I'm I'm sure I'm sure they're happy and that is lovely. Good on you, Dane DeHaan. Um hope we see you again at some point. I mean, brilliant. His wife uh it, it was an actress, her last appearance was in Chronicle. She got married to uh, to Dane DeHaan and there we go. You know, yep. I, I, yeah, lovely. I hope they're happy. It's just nice that he's not someone who, like, just seems to be appearing in any old fucking DTV shit and then just gets pissed or drugged up. But, you know, yeah, it, it's it, good on it, him. He, he does seem to have, like, like, in a few years' time, he'll make a comeback and he'll be... Again, he's another one like the. Uh, I'm going to segue beautifully into us. Um, the writer, uh, producer, and star of our first feature film, like Shia Buff. Um, I still predict that within the next decade, Dane DeHaan. I'm going to add to this, and I've also got Seth Rogen in that one, and I've, I've had Shia Buff for a long time. Will win a best supporting actor, I think, Academy Award within the next decade. Next time Seth Rogen does something serious that is a bit of a hit, he's winning. Without question. And I think Shia LaBeouf will will get one within the next... I I still think within the next six years, I think I made the first prediction four years ago. And I still stand by it. Um, So He's in a film that's coming out this year, apparently. Who? Dan DeHano? With a a, a supporting character called Creeper. Who's that, Shia LaBeouf? Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. I, I thought that was Surprise Island too. <laughs> Surprise Island. Is that what I said that thing was called? I'm sorry, that is the fucking best. The boxcar children, Surprise Island. The surprises, pedophiles. You know, it's like, what the... I mean, you I'm just... It... About. Maybe it is. Oh, guys. The page on Wikipedia has not been created yet. I've no. got an option to create the page. <laughs> <laughs> that might be this weekend's job. <laughs> um, so our first uh, feature review this week is Honey Boy, uh, directed by uh, Alma Harrell uh, and written by and starring uh, Shia LaBeouf, um, partially based on his own relationship with his father um, growing up, uh, also um, co-stars Lucas Hedges, Noah Jupe and FK Twigs. 
I am not mispronouncing somebody's name there. I mean, it's literally Tukwetigutsa, so I don't see how you could. Uh, and her real name is Talila Deborah um, Bennett. So, ha. Uh, what's funny about um, Lucas Hedges plays Otis? Uh, it, it's set in in 2005. He is an actor who gets pulled over and sentenced to a rehab facility where he has to kick his drugs and his drink addiction. Um, to do this, he is prescribed to write about his experiences and he ends up writing the script to a film based on his early life. Then we get shot back to 1995 where Otis is played by No Dupe and he's a child actor whose uh, chaperone is his estranged father played by Shia LaBeouf. There we go. Uh, Ian, what did you think of Honey Bite? Yeah, it was interesting. I um, I I, I saw a WhatsApp from you, uh, like when I was about halfway through the film, saying that it was like Shia LaBeouf trying to work out a lot of shit, and yeah, it's Shia LaBeouf trying to work out a lot of shit. The movie, yeah, um, and I think that's fine. Um, it's it's a valid artistic exercise. <laughs> Whether it's anything more than a valid artistic exercise, I don't know. Um. I don't think it was a waste of time in the slightest. Um, I think Shia LaBeouf is very good in it. I think Noah Jupe is very good in it. Lucas Hedges, I thought, got surprisingly little to do in it. Um, but, yeah, I I, I, I I thought it was decent. Um, FKA Twigs, did she play the girl who almost sleeps with him as a kid? Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. That character. Hmm. I think that was supposed to just be representative of him, like, craving affection, though, wasn't it? Like, he, he pays her to just cuddle him at one point. And, like, the fact that he's not getting that from any other avenue, it's, it's just kind of sad. Mm. Yeah, no, no, for sure. I just, it, it's... I, I I wasn't too sure what she like she was going for there. Um, it I mean I you know obviously she kind of chews out Shia LaBeouf at the end, like towards the end like you know I was kind of like I'm there for him you're not basically. Um, yeah I I I I I thought it was I thought it was all right. It it's one of those ones where it seemed to come out. It got some decent word. It went away and. Yeah, I think um, it's quite uncomfortable for people to watch the 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 people out there that have spent years and years just taking the piss out of Shia LaBeouf for being a fuck up to then watch that and go, ah, oh, right, okay. It's kind of like the Joaquin Phoenix thing. No, 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 for sure. Yeah, I, it, it, it does. I, I, I think it's great that LaBeouf has has done this. You know, I mean, like, like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to poo poo it. it it's, oh, no, no. I can. I, I can see why he made it, and I'm glad that he obviously got shit off his chest. I'm looking forward to seeing Shia LaBeouf write something that's not so directly about his life. Mm. Um, I, I, I think that could be really interesting. Um, yeah, I, 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 I thought it was a decent piece of work. I, I, I just I don't think it was anything necessarily 
more than that, even though there were a couple of scenes that I, I, I thought w- really did get the blood pumping. I think, I think for, oh, oh, in a second, but, oh, sorry. I, I think the, um, for me, the interesting idea behind it was as much the, where the film came from, mm. in the sense that I'm pretty sure it was the one where he was doing research for um, another film that he was making. Uh, I can't remember what film it was. It was some um, film about about a, a soldier that had was struggling with PTSD, um, and he'd gone to um, while researching that, he'd gone and got a a, a brain scan to be shown. Uh, right, this is the brain scan of, of, of what we would call a normal brain, and this is the brain scan of somebody with PTSD, uh, and he was like. All right, so and sort of understanding the, the chemical sort of science behind it, and he said, right, so that's my brain scan there, and pointed at the the perceived normal one. And went, no, that's the strange thing. The the one with PTSD is yours. Didn't you know you had this? And he's like, no, uh, that was it. Man down. It was for that. Yeah. And he was like, no, right, shit. He then did start therapy to deal yeah. with that and was advised to, to write about to write it in about the same that. way as it is in the film. He, he wasn't yeah. in rehab at the time, but no. he did go to rehab. Though, he, did, he, went, he went to rehab. He went to voluntary rehab, though, I think. Uh, but, yeah, it was... It, it's... Like you said there, Bex, it, it's... Uh, and this isn't part of the film, so I'll, I'll get back to the film in a second. But I think there's a... There was a lot of Charlie Buff was silly, clearly going through a lot for a good couple of years, mm. and had almost become a bit of a joke. Whilst actually, weirdly, still putting out some pretty good movies <laughs> um, yeah. at the time. Um, and then I, this is kind of like it feels like another step towards recovery. Is in a good few years. So, sorry, what did you think of it? Um, no, I was just going to say this is the one where he wouldn't reshoot any scenes, wasn't it? The um, read an interview with the woman that did the lighting yeah. for it, um, but he he played it quite sort of instinctively, um, so he wouldn't stay like where he was put. If they said, right, we've got the lighting sorted for this corner of the room, stay in that corner, he wouldn't. So she had to just kind of hustle every time he moved because if she got it wrong, he wouldn't reshoot any scenes because it was too emotional for him. So it was kind of like a strange shooting schedule well it only took 19 days to shoot as well which is insane um and i I mean i think i think i quite like fairly slow-paced contemplative movies like this that you know it just kind of nothing nothing big actually kind of happens in the film there's no i mean obviously in the older version of him's um bit it does obviously he's, he's going through that stuff but the section of him as a kid's life that it focuses on he comes out really no better at the end of it than he does at the start and just it's kind of stuff that happens during that period but it's obviously him readdressing those things that have caused him to be where he is yeah it, it's it's a snapshot rather yeah. than a beginning middle and end beginning middle and end yeah, yeah. um and i quite i quite like that about it um but yeah i think it's it is one of those where the background to it enhances the film the film on its own would have been fine i actually really really enjoyed the film 
Um, and it, I, I found it quite interesting. And I, I thought Noah Duke was really good in it as well as yeah. the little version of him. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think it is one of those that's enhanced by knowing the background. Yeah. Um, I was reading the trivia actually on IMDb for this. Do you know how he got his dad to agree to the film being made and signing over the rights? Cool. And told him that Mel Gibson was going to yeah, be playing him. He did, but he, <laughs> Mel Gibson was actually in talks at one point to play him, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, and then um, he said no by the time that he told his yeah. dad that he was going to do it. Though I might be off mark here, but I'm pretty sure one of the people that helped Shia LaBeouf get sober was Mel Gibson. Was actors like a little bit the sponsor for him. <laughs> Um, I, I, I liked it, yeah. I, I, I agree with both of you in the sense that the film maybe is... There's, I don't think there's maybe enough to it for it to be anything too yeah. special. It's weirdly slight. Yeah, because it Because it is a snapshot. You know, there's... And even though I do like that there's no major histrionic moments, but the fact that it is a snapshot just... It never quite punched me in the gut in the way I suppose I wanted it to you know and it, 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 and again even horrible it is but but then there's no it happens and then it just moves on I think that's what I didn't like about it the fact that he just fucking punches yeah, him, slaps him and then just fucking leaves and gets on with his day that's just just the lack of caring he's just it's just a meal ticket for him can't get another job, so he's doing this. And that's his kid. Yeah, I, I just... I don't know. I, I, I enjoyed the experience of watching it. I'll probably never watch it again. I don't see the reason why people would, would watch it more than once. Mm. I just... I, I wonder... Like, the end... The emotional release... Is for the Lucas Hedges version... Mm. And it's it's almost a little bit. You've spent so much time with Noah Jupe's version that okay, they are the same character, but the fact that you don't get that climactic scene with Noah Jupe, and it makes sense from a narrative point of view, but I wonder if that takes away from it somewhat because you've spent so little time with Lucas Hedges. Yeah, I, 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 that's yeah, I can definitely see that. Also, as well, I, I do think Lucas Hedges is a bit crap in it. It's very whatever, you know. I like Noah Troop's kind of like. No, he, he doesn't, but I, it's just I keep getting this with Lucas Hedges. I keep seeing him and stuff, and people keep on talking about him as if like he's the next fucking big thing. And every time I see him, something I think I, I don't see it. He's mm. fine. I, 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 I genuinely don't. I don't think he was that good in this. I thought he. he I thought he just he threw too much at it, a little bit. And it didn't. It didn't stick for me, to be honest. I'd like to see that boy race. He's supposed to be good in that. Yeah, he's supposed to be good in that. Actually, yeah. I, I do not. I'm not, not seeing enough to make a full lot of it. Mm. But yeah, but there was a few like odd ones, like when the credits were rolling, um, and it comes up and says Natasha Leone. I sort of looked at Becky and was like, Have I missed a bit of this? <laughs> <laughs> was she? Was she the counselor? No, she was the she was she was the mum's voice on the phone. Oh, for fuck's sake! All right, well, yeah, fine. Yeah. And Michael Monroe's in it as well. 
Is she like the girl that he's shagging in the montage at the start or something? I think so, yes. Yeah, all right. No, the counsellor is um, is the friend out of Pretty Woman, the prostitute friend. Okay, yeah, I, I think, I, yeah, it, I, yeah, I thought she was a, she was also a little old. As a video, yeah. I said. She was also oh, wow. a stand that I watched very recently. Yes. Do you want another bit of trivia? Go on. Uh, okay. During filming, Lucas Hedges spent a lot of time in Shire's house. It ended up scaring Shire, who ended up moving into a hotel temporarily. After Shire <laughs> left the house, Lucas moved in, and eventually Noah Duke did too. Wow. Yeah. Thought you'd like that. <laughs> you can just imagine that, like, like Shire both getting out of the morning to go make breakfast, and, and Luke Hedges just, just sat there, just eating the last of his Rice Krispies, and he's going. No, I reckon Lucas said you'd eat like Fruit Loops or Captain Crunch. <laughs> yeah, and then just sort of saying, "Oh, Shire, uh, we're out of we're out of bread, uh, and we we need more time off the downstairs bathroom. I'll see you on set." And Luke Shire goes, "Look, thinking, I, what? What?" <laughs> Yeah, so he moved in after after Shia went to a, a hotel, and then I, I like the younger the, version of him did too. I, I like the feeling that, that, that now also as well that Shia LaBeouf is still in that hotel, and Lucas Hedges <laughs> is just living in his house. Just wandering around going, Shia, <laughs> yeah. Shia, just answering the phone and going, "No, I, he, he'll be back soon." I, I don't know, he'll be back soon. He said he was going out for coffee, and he's like rock coffee. So if you could bring me some coffee, that'd be great. <laughs> and then just going back on his Tinder profile. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I'm definitely not shit on it. Yeah, I'm definitely not shit on it. I think I liked it probably more than both of you, so I'm like you liked it. I would rewatch that. Yeah, I no, I mean, I, I'm, I'm definitely not, I'm definitely not shit. It just, it did slightly feel like a a therapy session on the phone. Yeah, like an exercise. Yeah, um, which is fine. Um, yeah, there you go. Um, well, our, our audience poll, uh, definitely not shit, sixty-seven percent. Uh, touching cloth, 17%. Uh, and uh, shit, 17%. Fair enough. Hmm. Yeah. I can see why people would not get on with it. Hmm. Uh, shall we do... What should we do next? You guys can do 21 Bridges if you like. We'll do... I'll go make myself a cup of green tea. Okay, we'll do 21 Bridges while you go make yourself a cup of green tea. I will. Excuse me. Um, so, 21 Bridges is not directed by the Russo brothers. Uh, it is directed by Brian Kirk, uh, the the most forgettable director name you could ever imagine. Um, and it stars Chadwick Boseman, uh, Sienna Miller, J.K. Simmons, Taylor Kitsch, Keith David, um, and some other kind of, hey, it's that guy from that thing, people. Um, Chadwick Boseman plays Andre Davis, a cop who essentially finds cop killers um, and often kills them. Uh, he does this because, or it seems he does this because he has a passion for it after his father was murdered on duty. Um, Taylor Kitsch and Stephen James play Ray and Michael, who are involved in a drug robbery gone bad, where they end up killing eight police officers and making out with 50 kilograms of um, uncooked cocaine 
and this causes Chadwick Boseman's character to shut down the island of Manhattan. But all is not what it seems. Uh, Ian, what did you think of 21 Bridges? 21 Bridges threatens to be really, really fucking good all the way through and then never, ever does it. And it's quite frustrating. Um, I was kind of, I was kind of surprised by how much I enjoyed it, how much I thought it for it was going to have to say at points. Say, um, I like the style, I like the mood, I, I like, I like the score, but it's, it's just the fact that the narrative beats completely go by exactly what you think they are going to. Um, Everyone keeps on telling him, yeah, you should kill these guys. You should kill them. You should kill them. Saying, but I only do it with just cause they're never unarmed. Okay, cool. So, are you a hero? No. Do you actually you know, is J.K. Simmons corrupt? Fuck it. Is Sienna It it plays every single beat. You just know what is going to happen. Now, when um oh, I'm very in and out. Sorry, Mark. Uh, it'll come through my recording, all right? So I hope it'll come. Uh, the, the recording. Uh, yeah, it's just it's really good, and I do slightly wonder if Chadwick Boseman wasn't Black Panther when he had a more silly character. Look, I'm, I'm intrigued. What do you think? Well, I would say that um, this is very much sort of in my wheelhouse. This um, sort of genre of, of of film and this type of film. There and like you say, it's it it it's like it threatens a lot to be a really quite interesting movie um, and a a good look at this kind of genre. But the problem is, um, like you also say, it tends to just follow the same beats, and you tend like you say you 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 know um, a good ten minutes before the film. Um, tells you what's going to happen and then um, yeah. expects you to be sort of surprised by it um, and it's it's a little bit underwritten, it's not it looks great but it isn't quite um, stylish enough it's not nasty enough it, 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 I, I had to check at one point and thought, hang on a minute is this a 12A? Because it, it felt a little bit like if you took the language out of it, you'd have a 12A. Sure. Because the violence wasn't, you know, it, it's it's no more violent than your average comic book movie. Um, there's no um, sex nudity in it. There's no reason to have sex or nudity in it, but there isn't any. Um there's no for a film that is about drugs. There is zero drug use in it <laughs> at all, um, and 
all there is is there's a bit of bad language, but it, it felt a little bit, it felt a little bit sanitized, like it's, yeah. it was holding back a little bit on itself. And I, it, I do agree with you on the, the Chadwick Boseman thing. He's, I still can't get a feel for him because Black Panther is very much a a character, and unfortunately, Black Panther was not the best character in his own movie. He wasn't even the second best character in his own movie. He possibly wasn't even the third or fourth best character in his own movie. But he wasn't bad in his own movie. It's just he was a cheat in his own movie. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And he's he's not really done anything in the other ones either, apart from um, is it Civil War? Um, where he he's announced and he he's announced the character in Civil War, which I think is actually his best performance as Black Panther, is in Civil War. But I think I've only seen him one other thing other than that. He seems like he is a really good actor, and at points during this, he's really good. There's a little bit of patter that he has with um, Sienna Miller in it that works really well, and then there's a scene where. Uh, you know the scene in the, in the club where he walks to the club and he knows something is not right straight yeah. away. There, in, in that scene, he's really fucking good, and you're going, "All right, it, he's starting to work out." There's a bit of a what is it? But then he doesn't do anything about the fact that he has literally just caught those guys planting evidence in the worst way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's so underwritten. That it, I almost find it a little bit insulting to these type of movies that you can have something this fucking underwritten. But then it's like it it, it is frustrating because you get. I thought the end scene between him and J.K. Simmons, where J.K. Simmons is kind of laying out why he's doing all this stuff. Mm. I thought that was great. Yeah, you know his whole kind of like my guys are out there. And you know what? The city don't even fucking like them. So, you know, if they're gonna take take a piece and will protect the like the majority, but we will get our fair share. Uh, you know, fair enough. That's great. And then Sienna Miller comes in. It's fine. And then he literally come like walks out. NYPD flags his bat and like flashes his badge, and that's the end of the film. Would it not have been kind of more interesting to go, right, there's a cop, there's a fuck, there's an alive cop, there's a shitload of dead cops. You know, would, I don't know, would it not be more interesting to not wrap it up all in a pretty little bow? And I'm not saying that the ending should be that he um, goes down for it. But given how everyone was talking about how he was very like ready to pull the trigger early on in, it kind of feels like it's trying to set up something that's going to be a little bit more conflicted. Yeah, that it, and, it's and not more teeth. Yeah, and it's not just going to be yeah, Chadwick Boseman saves the day and he unveils the corrupt cops. You know, it, it, it's you know it's putting a plaster on a fucking stab wound in terms of corruption. You know, it it feels like a small win. But the film is playing it like Chadwick Boseman is the fucking hero of the hour. It just and 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 why do we empathise with him? Oh, because he has a nice scene early on in the film where he's chatting to his mum, and and that that's 
you know, there's not a lot of characterization. All it is is he's nice to his mum, and people tell us all the time how he kills people a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but other than that, that's it. There's not a lot of character development here. No, no. It drops you in there. And the thing is, it's called 21 Bridges, right? And they clearly, the, the, the guy, the people who wrote it, clearly had, and the reason I think they got the Russos on board and everybody is because they were like, there's going to be this great scene where Boseman is in the middle and it's, it's a fucking night and there's all these fucking lights and fucking New York and for some reason everyone's speaking with a Boston accent no one can quite work out why but it's in New York and then and then Boseman turns around and says there are 21 bridges in New off this island close them all and it's like boom there's the trailer he says it twice at two different times yeah. to the same people at the same time it's like did they, did they just shoot it twice and like both of those scenes? And they thought, <laughs> ah, fuck it. We're going to really fucking hammer this 21 Bridges thing home. Right? The problem is, that doesn't seem to have any impact on no, the, rest I, of the movie at all. Neither of the main, what is it? <laughs> and the, the, the bad guys who aren't being framed for anything at all or anything like that, they've not. They've not walked into a situation where they're the, you know, the fucking uh, the ninth and tenth victims of this crime. No, no, no. They were trying to steal cocaine. They did steal cocaine, and they did shoot all those police officers. <laughs> right? They didn't know those. No, I mean, but, I mean, no, I mean this, this is the thing. It's like they, 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 there's a police. Also, I've got to say, by the way, Sienna Miller, Boston accent. Little bit of a kink for me. I enjoy yeah, oh, that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Don't know why she's got a Boston accent set in New York, but yes, absolutely. <laughs> I would, yeah. I would watch a prequel uh, which was Sienna Miller's it? story. Yeah, and it involves her eating a load of like lobster dinners and shit. I'm, I'm kind of, yeah, I think I'm down for that. Yeah, um, but like, like TV report. Like, there's a sense of claustrophobia and we're entering the fourth hour of lockdown and I thought it was interesting they used the word lockdown but it was like you never feel that paranoia you never ever ever feel the walls are closing in on these guys just from place to the other place to the other place one of them dies to another place to another place the other one dies it just it's yeah it, it feels a missed opportunity and it feels like the fact it's produced by the Russo brothers and stars Chadwick Boseman went shit we can't quite be as hard edged as we want to be yeah that's that's exactly it, it, it it's the, the thought oh right we we're going to push this as from the people behind all those Marvel movies you like starring Black Panther um oh we we can't yeah we can't have it be quite as nasty as it probably could have been. Mm. You know, it does seem like a movie that could have been made ten years ago um, by four or five different directors, but but everybody but the main character would have been played by Ethan Hawke. No, it, it's a film that could have been made thirty years ago and would have been better. 
Yes. Yeah. It, it, yeah. I mean, it, and, I mean, it, it, but then it, it's a film that is trying to do, you know, kind of like mid-budget cop thriller set in New York. You don't get an awful lot of those these days. And like, I mean, I, I thought there was more than enough to recommend it, but it's just really frustrating that it doesn't quite pull all the like it all together as well as you want it to. I was willing it all the way through. And that J.K. Simmons speech at the end, I was like, yes, mate, let's fucking go. And then two minutes later, it's all wrapped up in a bow and everyone's happy. I don't know. It just... Yeah, yeah, that's it's really good because you're watching it going, do you know what? I can understand how you've convinced yourself that what you're doing is right. It's still wrong. (laughs) And, And the whole argument is right but the reason why these people don't like you is because of people like you <laughs> um yeah you get all that but it's just like i say it is one that it, i think it would be easy to recommend to people mm. but if you were to patch it in with a lot of the ones that came out in the mid 90s towards the late 90s so uh your things like Training Day, for instance, um, and Street Kings and Brooklyn's Finest and Pride and Glory and stuff like that there. It's not as good as any one of those movies. It's still good, Mm. but it's nowhere near Training Day level. It's not as good as Street Kings. It's not as good as Brooklyn's Finest. It's not as good as Pride and Glory. Um, It's nowhere near the fucking level of something like Departed. Um, But it is still good, but it's just... I don't know. I get the feeling like if you would have taken the Russo brothers away from it and not had their their more um, commercial family friendly. Yeah, to be honest, they're more commercial eyes upon mm-hmm. it. You might have got a slightly gnarlier movie. Yeah. So it doesn't it doesn't quite land, but it is it's definitely not shit. Is it like a slightly mm-hmm. castrated version of all those movies you mentioned before? Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it's like a it's like a, a, a PG thirteen twelve A version of those movies. Yeah, it's just it says the word fuck four times, so it can't have a fucking what is it? <laughs> right. It is. There's nothing. There is nothing there to make that a fifteen. I am baffled as to why that movie's a fifteen. Because they made them say fuck four times so that it got a fifteen. Uh, and, who's going to see a PG? And there's one vaguely gory bit, but it's so, vaguely. Yeah. Sienna's Boston accent is far too erotic for a twelve. It could be that. It could be that. Um, yeah, no, it, it is. Uh, I'm actually Sienna Miller as weirdly like she's doing a lot of like supporting roles because then she doesn't have to do any PR. It would seem for these things. Yeah, um, I'm yeah, really yeah. digging it because she's actually a really good actress. What else was she in a supporting role in recently? We watched something. Um, I'll let you find that while I find uh, 12 Bridges. Uh, definitely not ship, 17%. Okay. Touching Cloth, 67%. And mm. Geostorm, 16%. Well, I'm definitely not I ship, see that. But, I can, but I'm looking at that and going, yeah, that seems to be what the general consensus of the movie was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, right, I'm going to go poo-poo and pee-pee. So um, if uh, you guys want to talk about what you've been watching or we just take a break. Take a break. We'll take a break. I need to go for a wee anyway as well. Cool. Back in a sec. CS3P Combat. Player one, 
choose your character. Tired of film and television podcasts where the hosts exist in a blissful state of agreement? Player two, choose your character. While you're in luck. Punto. Round one, fight. Allow me to introduce you to the Chinstroker vs. Punter podcast, featuring two film and television fans from Birmingham, England, who enjoy their media in very different ways. But anyway, that brings us to the end of the plot of Blue Velvet. The plot. I mean, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. So join us as we catch up on what we've been watching from our own very different perspectives. Double KO. Round two. Fight. You can find us at csvsp.libson.com, also on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all the places that podcasts can be found. It just really It's isn't. not visually striking. No. I just, just getting confirmation. It's just inning. That's the third time, though. I mean, am I, is this on? Have you ever wondered what so-called family films will scar your kids forever? Putting four or five-year-olds in front of this movie, it's like, if they didn't know what death was before this, they're going to know it after it. They're going to know it after it, and they're going to be freaking terrified. And they're going to be questioning you. Yeah. Or do you have the slight suspicion that your loved one is a cold, dead heart? Yeah, The Dark Knight has got all the orphans, and like, oh no, we're going to die. They did not build up those orphans at all. In my head, I was like, kill them. Then look no further, the His Film Her Movie podcast is the show for you. It's the movie podcast that celebrates the contrasting cinematic tastes of its hosts. So join Jordan and Lauren every week on their unique journey through the land of the silver screen. So if you're looking for a few laughs, some fun film related chat, then get involved. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. You like the 1980s, don't you? Of course you do. We all do. But have you ever wondered why that decade was the way it was? Have you ever wished there was somewhere you could go to get past the usual day-glow sentimentality? To try and understand 1980s pop culture in a more social, political and historical context? Because if so, it sounds to me like you're ready to go beyond the aesthetics, beyond the nostalgia. Welcome to Beyond the Neon. Beyond the Neon is the podcast that dares to pull over the Testarossa, eject the Wham cassette, and take off the Wayfarers. If you're looking for retro reviews of Back to the Future, The Goonies, or John Hughes movies, you, you will not, not find, find that, that here. If you're looking for top 10 lists of A-Team episodes, Nintendo games, or Stranger Things references, you, you will, will not, not find, find that, that here. here. If you're looking for long, boring introductions, Squarespace ads, or Patreon begging, you, you will, will not, not find, find that, that here. here. Because Beyond the Neon, we do things a little differently. In each documentary-style episode, I look at one area of 1980s popular culture and break it right down. And each episode features academic insight, guest contributions and interviews, as well as clips plumbed from the depths of the 1980s cultural void. Well, YouTube, mainly YouTube. To help illustrate the wonderful, perplexing, terrifying, joyous and utterly thrilling world of 1980s pop culture. Beyond the Neon might not be as regular as other 1980s podcasts, but that's because Beyond the Neon isn't like other 1980s podcasts. Subscribe to the show today and check out all past episodes by visiting beyondtheneon.co.uk Hola Hello
Right. What are we doing now? What are we doing now? We'll do some what I've been watching, I think. Yeah. Uh, you haven't spoken for a while, Bex. What have you been watching? <laughs> well, in addition to... Uh, well, do, 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 we'll do yours first. Yeah. What have you been watching? So low. So low. Low. Um, had we watched that last time? Yes. Okay, so inspired by Jordan from last week, I watched Clue. Because I fucking nice. love Clue. And I completely forgot that I love Clue as much as I did until he spoke about it. Um, it's It's just... It's really fucking funny. And I don't know why you can't get on with it. It's fucking hilarious. Just, I don't know. It, 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 it's one that it just, it doesn't, it, I don't think it's bad or anything like that. Uh, it's just, it, I don't get it. it speaks nothing about my life. <laughs> I just, I like the fact that they've taken a fucking board game and made it into that funny of a movie. Um, when people keep turning up and they have to just, well, they just end up dying. And the, the sum up bit at the end where he does his, like, right, so this happened here and then we went over here and they're all running all over the building. But then there's like many different versions of it. And then the last one is like, but here's what really happened. It's just, it's just good for the fact that there's like, I think it's like three or four different endings. Um, so yeah, we, I watched that. I watched Contagion because clearly I'm a glutton for punishment and this is like some kind of coping method for me. That was actually really quite scary. Because like watching The Stand, that's so far from reality. That, mm-hmm. Whereas Contagion is a bit more like, holy fuck. Like they use terms that like we, we're using in everyday like, conversation now, like social distancing and things like that. And it's, it, but that the, the day one bit when it's showing you how easily it's transmitted and then the day zero bit right at the end where it shows you where she got it from like a, a bat dropping a piece of fucking fruit in a pigsty and then the pig eating it and then she eats the pig oh no she didn't even eat the pig the chef that's preparing it doesn't wash his hands properly before he shakes hers and that's where it all starts fucking madness so that was that i take it you people have seen the uh variety tweet with the same right. stuff, who directed Contagion is now uh, leading a task force oh, yeah. deciding when Derek can go back to work once the coronavirus threat is over. And Ryan Reynolds responded to it by saying, I played a medical student in 1998 sitcom, two, guy, two guys are going to pizza place. <laughs> Let me know if you need my help. <laughs> <laughs> really oh, that fucking guy. <laughs> um, and the only other one that I've watched on my own was Thor, because I want to get on with our Marvel rewatch, and you seem to hate Thor with every fibre of your being. So the only way that I could think of to get past it was to watch it on my own. It, it, it's it's not that I actually dislike the movie Thor. I remember enjoying the movie Thor. I just don't fucking ever need to see it again. There are it's one of those movies where I'm fine with the memory I've got of it. The idea of rewatching it again just makes me go, why would I spend two and a bit hours doing that? I've already done it. It's like when people can... It's different for different people. It's like I have no idea how the fuck people can re-watch as often as they do the Lord of the Rings movies and especially (laughs) the extended versions of them. And I enjoyed them when I watched them. I I, I really did. I really enjoyed them. But then if you... I I sat down trying to re-watch The Fellowship of the Ring, the first one, um, a few years ago. And it it was not that it's bad or anything like that. It's just I was like I don't care. 
I just don't fucking care. If he just died now, I wouldn't have to sit through the next nine hours of rewatch of all this. And I realised, you know what? I actually don't. So I just didn't. That's a bit more of an undertaking than Thor, though, isn't it? Yeah, but I just, I just don't care. It's like now I've got to watch Captain America, and I don't even know the comparison for that one. I'm gonna because I don't remember Captain America. Well, I didn't remember Thor very much. I remember like bits, and I remember the general jigs, but like I'd forgotten that Loki was actually a frost giant. Cool. And the, the, there's funny bits in it, but it's not. I, I don't think it's one that you desperately need to rewatch if you're doing a rewatch of the series. I still maintain that Tom Hiddleston is this generation's Russell E. Grant. Richard E. Grant, sorry, Russell E. Grant. Richard E. Grant. I mean, Richard E. Grant is a great actor and fairly well loved. No, this is the thing, right? Is he a great actor? Or is he a really well-known actor who was great in a few things? There's a lot where he's quite crap in them. And it's one of those... I think Tommy Wilson is the same. I think people think he's a great actor, but then you go, what? And they'll go, ah, ah, well, he's great as Loki. It's like, is he? Is he, though? He is pretty good as Loki. No, is the character just good? It's the same thing as when you get to a series, people won't like the series Loki. Do you know why? Because it's all about Loki, and he works as a supporting character. He doesn't work. He won't work as a main character. What else you watch? Um, that's it on my own. Uh, what? That's it on my own. I'll send you on. Uh, have you got any Ian? I'd want us to jump over that. Yeah, yeah. What we've been watching together? No, no, uh, you, you, I, I do have some, but go on. Right, right go on. Uh, so, what have we watched together? We watched. We did a Paul Bettany Scotch Stewart Dumblebelt. It was good times. Uh, One of them was better times than the other. Yeah. So we watched Legion. I'm doing it the wrong argument, but I'm doing it in year order, but we actually watched them this way around, didn't we? Yeah. We watched Priest. Ian, have you seen Priest? Yeah, I yeah. test screened it back in the day. Yep. Um, Paul Bettany's made some odd choices in his career, hasn't <laughs> he? For an actor who is as good as he is, he's made some weird choices. Priest might be one of those. I think for Paul Bettany, Da Vinci Code is one of those as well. No, I, I can see Da Vinci Code. He plays a bit character that's only in it for a couple of... He's not in it much. He's, he's fairly a fairly pivotal character, yeah. but he's not in it much. But Priest has Paul Bettany. He's got a good cast. Paul Bettany, Carl Urban, Lily Collins, Maggie Q, who really should just you know get a fucking surname, um, and everyone's favourite, Cam Gajandit. Yeah. Is he anyone's favorite? He's everyone's favorite. He's everyone's favorite. He's everyone's favorite. Bex. He's everyone's favorite. Cam Shigande. Yep. Okay. Uh, What did you think of Priest Bex? I really fucking enjoyed. I really enjoyed. Fucking bet you two enjoyed Priest. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. That film is fun. It's bobbins. Oh yes. it, the thing is, it's 87 minutes long, and yeah, it, I, I love the fact that it literally exists in a world that just goes, oh, you know, those vampires, yeah, priests killed them. Like, oh, all right, cool. We're not going to explore that anymore. Nope. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> and all the fucking scenes, like, they're in World War Two and shit like that. Yeah. Oh, Carl Urban, 
He plays half human, half vampire. You know, I'm the first and the first ever half human, half vampire. How did that happen? Don't know. Just did. Aren't all people half human, half vampire? Like, aren't all people turned that it, way? It, it would appear that way. There's no <laughs> logic for why he is that. Is it because he's a priest? I don't know. I, the priest thing also is a little bit confusing. It's a bit woolly, isn't it? It is a bit woolly. Yeah. yeah. But those okay. weird bikes they have that seem to be powered by their own sense of themselves <laughs> is mental. <laughs> Yeah, uh, coming out of it gets built up throughout the entire thing as if he's got this really pivotal bit at some point, then done, he just falls off a train. No, but then he, doesn't he kill Carl Urban in the end? I don't think he does, though. Or was it just that I said I was going to be really pissed off if he did? You said he was really pissed off if he did, yeah. Useless all the way through the fucking film and then gets the big kill. Yeah. Um, like him for. And then... We enjoyed that one so much <laughs> that we thought, fuck it, let's watch Legion. Legion is not as good as Priest. Ian, have you seen Legion? Hang on. <laughs> Fucking hell. Right. Which one's Priest and which one's Legion again? So Legion is the Paul Bettany one where he plays the angel. Yeah. No. Pre. No. The... Yeah, Legion is the Paul Bettany oh, one where he plays yeah, the sorry, angel. Oh, yeah, sorry. I thought you were... I'm sorry. In my brain, they're the other way around. Go on. Yeah. And Priest is everyone's favourite Cam Gigande. Yeah. And... Yeah, okay. I... Priest was the one that had a post-convert into 3D, I want to say. Do you know what? I think... Did they did they both come out, like, the one year after the other? Yeah, they did. They came out, I think, within, like, literally, like, about a, a ten-month period of each other. Yeah, I test-screened both those fuckers. Yeah. It doesn't surprise yeah. me, yeah. Um, yeah, so, Leader's not as good, no. is it? No. No. Uh, it has Lucas Black in it. Yeah, who I am convinced doesn't know he's a human. <laughs> Hang on, no, Priest. Hang on, is Paul Bettany in both of them? Yes. yes. Have I missed a trick here? Fucking hell. Yeah, that's right. Vampires in one, angels in another. What the fuck was Paul Bettany doing in the early tens? <laughs> it's mental, isn't it? Sorry, go on. I yeah, this one's got Lucas yeah, Black. Hang on, are they both directed by the same guy? Yeah. What yeah. the fuck they are? Oh, just. <laughs> no, oh. man. This is this is simulation shit. Like those films are the same film. It's just the simulation making us think that they're not. Because the simulation likes Paul Bettany, which is why somehow Paul Bettany marries Jennifer Connolly and becomes part of the MCU. Because <laughs> for some reason, the programmer really likes the way Paul Bettany looks. I mean, I can't really blame him. He's not a bad looking guy. No, he's not. I mean, this is fascinating. This is, such, this is such an odd cast as well. You've got Dennis Quaid's in there. Tyrese Gibson. Um, Andrian uh, Palicki is in there. Who? Andrian Palicki. You said Andrian. I said Andrian. And like I say, Lucas Black, who I genuinely... It, right, if this is a simulation, which we've decided it pretty much is... He's a Mr. Smith. Lucas Black 
has a virus. His programming has a virus that stops him from realising he's a human. When you're watching him on screen, every time he's not talking, you it's like he is concentrating on having on, on remembering to breathe. <laughs> it is honestly that that fucking man. Wow. Wow. He can't be a human. I just heard that wow that you just said in the voice of the man from the red room. <laughs> Oh, I, I, I now want to watch every movie that he's in. Lucas Black or Paul Bettany? Lucas Black. Um, I think you'll get to watch the first X-Files film. Yes, I will. Nice. I, I, what is it? Uh, what else have we watched? Oh, and the final one that we watched. I, actually, I've watched uh, Pump Up the Ball, but we'll be covering that on Slatercast. Um, so I won't get into that. Um, oh, you never told me. You tricked me there, didn't you? What? We were watching one that we couldn't talk about. Well, we watched this. Fucking shy. <laughs> you can talk about this shy. So, we watched Toy Story 4. Right, go on. Um, go on, Bex, what do you think of Toy Story 4? I did not enjoy it. You did not enjoy it, did you? No. No. Over-sentimental, regurgitated crap. Yeah. Um... I enjoyed it more than you, I think. I didn't realise that Janine from the Ghostbusters is the one that voices Bo Peep, though. Yes, it is. Yes, sorry, Fox. Um, it's an odd one, Toy Story 4. It really is an odd... I, I, I don't quite get why they decided to make it. Toy sales. I know, I, I get that, but... Everyone was, and, and, and you know, I'm taking me out of the equation here. But Ian, as a fan of these films, you were very satisfied, weren't you, with the um, ending of Toy Story Three? Right. Uh, the, Toy Story Three is one of the the best endings of a film uh, of a trilogy of all time. Um, I it, it, I think it is up there for the best trilogy of all time, which has now been ruined by the fact that Toy Story 4 exists, even though I like Toy Story 4. Right. So, it's... He it, it didn't need this fourth movie. The fourth no, movie does nothing new. In fact, it literally tries to do something new, whilst telling exactly the same stories it's told for the last three movies, just nowhere near as good as the past three movies, and then actually starts repeating itself within the fucking movie as well. Mm. So it's best new character that it creates um, with Keanu Reeves' Duke Kaboom. Duke Duke Kaboom is the best thing in it. Without question, yes. Yes, But it literally repeats his trick twice. Yeah. Yeah, the jumping. Yeah. That's literally all he's got, though. It is just all he's got. Um, I just... It, it, I actually kind of wanted to like this because I, I don't like the Toy Story trilogy because of the fact that it repeats the same story three times and because I kind of wanted them to go into that incinerator, but... You mean to save... You fucked up. I just, <laughs> like, what the fuck... That would have been a better end than that. I might just mute my mic. It would have been such. It would have been such a fucking. 
fuck you. Oh, what the fuck? Yeah. Really? He's like, yes, because that's what happens to all of your childhood toys. Yeah. Oh, God, and it, it's... The, 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 the messaging that they want to get across in this movie is so heavy-handed as well with the, like, be yourself, follow your inner voice, like, Buzz Lightyear literally pressing his fucking voice recorder thing. It's, it's that so shit funny. is fucking amazing, Bex. Don't you dare. The one bit where that's funny is where he doesn't want it to tell him to leave Woody and he keeps telling it, he keeps pressing it and it's like, return to base. Retreat, retreat. That is the fun, that is the one funny bit of that. It, it it does feel a little bit like they went right. We want to make Toy Story four. We want to do another Toy Story movie. But the only problem we've got is Tim Allen is a little bit problematic nowadays. How do we get around that? We just won't have him in it much. Well, what can we do? We're going to replace him with literal trash. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, God, it, just let Forky go in the bin. He just doesn't want to be a toy, fuck's sake. But it's not about Forky. It's about the connection that he's made, that the kids made with him. It, it, it's Woody trying, you know, being a good person. Uh, no, I don't agree with that. To, uh, no, blah, 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 blah. Woody is trying to be a good person and he, he realises by the end of the film that Bonnie, he's not Bonnie's special uh, special little guy. He's not. Um, he needs to find his true purpose. He's essentially found peace with the fact that what he's been doing for the vast majority of his life is no longer the thing that he it, it is there to do. It's about letting go. It's, yes, the narrative beats of Toy Story 4 do an awful lot of the same things. I grant you that. I will say, I just WhatsApped you guys a link to a really interesting YouTube video about how they replicate real-life camera techniques in Toy Story 4, and it is a fantastic-looking film. Uh, I think it's got a lot of interesting stuff there, but it's... I think I think of it more... It's because it sounds so pretentious. More as a coda to the Toy Story films than almost a film in its own right. I, it's I, I, one... I can, the, I can see the logic behind that, certainly. Yeah, it, it's a film that, you know, acknowledges that the end of Toy Story 3, yes, Woody is with his friends. Is he truly happy now that he's left Andy? You know, and, I, and that's, not a, that's not necessarily a question that they pose in Toy Story 3. But when you look back at Toy Story 3, it is a little bit, He's kind of just going with the flow here and he's with his friends. But is that what is truly going to make him happy? I I think it's um I think it's a more interesting film than I thought it was the, on the first time watch because I, I I watched it for the second time a few weeks back and I talked about it. I think that instigated you guys watching it. Yes. I just I I and I 100% get if you are not into the Toy Story films fair enough absolutely fair enough for those who do like those films i think there's some interesting shit in there arguably more interesting than toy story 2 probably toy story at least for uh for an adult um but if you're not into them i get it well i i, I really like toy story the first Toy story is, is, is a good movie i don't I, I genuinely think that it's a really good movie. Um, 
I, I, I really cannot stand Toy Story 2. Um, and Toy Story 3 is, is interesting at points. My, this is, Woody is essentially just a... He seems to think that he, he he's, he's neurosis, essentially. He's, he's so neurotic in it that he's convinced himself that he is the only one that knows what's best for everything. And it just is driving him slightly mad. That's the thing. And he's, he's not doing it to be a good person. He literally admits at the end of the movie it's just because he has nothing else now. He just wants to keep Forky around so that he can pump him from information and live vicariously through him because she doesn't play with him anymore. It's an, it's an odd film. It really is an odd movie. It's... I, I does he actually, I mean, like, how does he actually say that, though? I mean, like, doesn't, doesn't he, he, he just he literally say, this is all I have? He, he literally says that in the movie, because this is all I have. Hmm. No, he, he does literally say that in the movie. No, 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 no. It's like, I'm kind of going, yeah, okay, that's a good point. Um, <laughs> Sorry. If my yeah. um wasn't descriptive enough. Um, At the beginning, where that fork just really wants to be trash again, even, no, if he I, was, I, even if he was being a good person at that point and trying to keep it around for Bonnie, that's... I know it's just a fucking spork, but it's not the best thing for the, the spork, is it? I, I, that, that, that trash just I, wants to be I, I, trash. I, I disagree on, on that in the sense that I think what he's doing is he's ensuring that not everybody sees... The, the, the trash has just been trash. That it it that it was trash, but now since Bonnie's become it, the toy, a toy becomes a toy when a child starts playing with it. Before that, it's just a collection of plastic or collection of wood or anything like that. But as far as that spark's self identity runs, it's trash. It's been used. It's fulfilled its life's purpose, and it just wants to go to the dump. Right, but it's it, it's been put together to form a new purpose. Sparky isn't trash. The collective parts of Sparky are trash. When they become together and they become Sparky, that's when they become an actual thing that is different to trash. And I can get the idea behind that. But the then the just fucking tunnel vision that fucking Woody goes down, where he literally is willing to get every other toy that he's not met killed. <laughs> <laughs> Just to get this thing back to to Bonnie because he might be able to bask in the reflective glory of that mm. is 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 a weird message. But the, no, but then he realizes by the end of the film that that is not his true calling. Like that's not the message you take away at the end of the film. Is fuck everything else as long as you get what you want. It's it is realizing that what you thought was your purpose may not actually be your purpose the whole of your life. Which, yeah, it, it, which is a fine, a fine point. I just think that it's... I, I think it's so messy. It, it, it's really messy. It makes Woody deeply unlikable. It does, yeah. It makes you... It, it's, and he's the good guy. He's the protagonist in the rest of the films. And then all of a sudden, he's this whiny little bitch. Yeah, he's been a level head throughout it all. And now he's, he's not. It, it, it's a really... When, when Buzz Lightyear is your level head... Which, I, I, you know what, I get it. He's, he's clearly dealing with some kind of midlife toy crisis, but it, it's just such a it's such a flip in the character. It, it, the, 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 what is it? The, um, what are they called? Where are they? What's the fuck? There's so many different characters in this goddamn film. The Duck and Bunny are an odd character. What is it? There, aren't they? 
Well, they're just comic relief. No, I, no, I, 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 I like them. I like the fact that they, there's, there's, there's two things that I'm a, a little bit like, what the fuck is how violent they are towards people <laughs> and the fucking unicorn. What is wrong with that unicorn? Well, we, we solved this, Mark. I don't think Ian would like this. I don't think Ian would like this, Ian. It's no. Uh, but yeah, the unicorn that wants the dad to constantly get arrested. Dad did stuff to that unicorn. Dad, dad has gone full fucking Deadpool with that unicorn. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> it's, like you said, I, I think... The bit with the duck and the bunny, though, where, where is it... Hang on, which one was... Well, the yellow one was the duck, obviously. And, like, he's like, oh, my God, where are you? Where are you? And it's just because they're stitched together, yeah. aren't they? And he's under a box. Yeah. That is funny. The bit where they first decide to jump out on the woman. Yeah. And then it gets to the next story. The the great bit of that is that they actually they there's the best comic bit of the entire movie is the oh my god how did you get the keys? Well, it was really quite difficult. Then you see you just putting them in a dish next to them. Yeah, was brilliant. Yeah, that was funny. And there are really I actually enjoyed bits of it. There are really funny bits of it. It's just I'm just not tuned into this. No, I mean it's like I say if. I mean, bless you two for actually watching the fucking thing. I almost feel like I played a practical joke on you or something. <laughs> but it's I, I I I like the Toy Story films. I I I don't think that Toy Story Four is offensive, but it does feel it does feel unnecessary. It it, it feels entirely unnecessary, and it all already kind of feels like it's disappearing. And I, the I, the fact that it won the one best animated feature over some of the stuff that was nominated last year, not not good. Yeah, that is good. I, I would I would almost love them now to do a number five that's just called Toy Story Five. Why not? <laughs> Why not? What's it about? Don't know. Who cares? Who cares? I really hope not. I really hope they do. Just because, just because it will be funny. <laughs> <laughs> It, uh, I don't know. It, I, I I think I said it when I first talked about it, it like last summer. They got away with it. Just stop. Yeah. Um, but it's going to make me go back and rewatch Toy Story uh, in the next week or so. Uh, just because I, I remember really liking that and I want to go back and see what a Pixar movie looks like 25 years ago. What about if it ruins it for you then? Then I'm willing to take that risk. But I don't think it's going to. I think it'll have the opposite. Apart from the last thing I will say on Toy Story 4, for, I, honestly, it is nails down a fucking chalkboard for me, is Randy fucking Newman. Oh, God, yeah. That, if there is a hell, and I am almost certainly going there, for me, it will be scored by Randy fucking Newman. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Um, Ian, what are you watching about? Uh, yeah, I've actually watched quite a bit this week. Um, quite proud of myself it, um, because I sold my PlayStation. Oh, it's gone. Never mind. Anyway, um, moving on very swiftly before Becky says anything. Um, I bought a multi-region 4K player with the proceeds, and I'm very, very happy. So, I watched Homeward Bound: The Incredible Journey. Oh God! <laughs> I'm glad um, you watched this. <laughs> Well, no, no. So this is um, 
It was all right. Like, uh, good, the, yeah, the, the, yeah the, the dogs made it back. It's all good. It's all good. The cat seemed like she was dead for a bit, but then she wasn't. Um, Lottie liked it. Decent entertainment. Weirdly, we got through halfway through the second one. She was like, nah, almost a little bit like I've seen this before. Um, which for a six-year-old is quite something. Um, I re-watched Solo, a Star Wars story, which is fine. <laughs> That's all it is. It's fine. It's aggressively all right. Olden Eric Reich is decent. Woody Harrelson is good. Donald Glover is there and he's fine. Um, Amelia Clark, she's all right. Paul Bettany, Legion's Paul Bettany is great. Paul Bettany, I mean, like he, um, so Michael K. Williams was originally that character in the Lord and Miller version. Um, he got dropped by, uh, like, maybe scheduling, I don't know, but Ron Howard. Paul Bettany basically lobbied Ron Howard for a role. And you can tell Paul Bettany is very, very happy to be in a Star Wars movie. And that is great. Um, this film looks like shit. Um, I don't know what the fuck Bradford Young was doing, but it was like he had a pair of sunglasses on for the entire shoot. Um, he's a really good cinematographer. Yeah, yeah. It's weird because he is. But this film makes a desert look like it's raining like just a light drizzle not like it's pissing down but just like yeah it's a bit overcast this i mean it, it literally he shot that um the year what a, a year and a bit after he shot arrival fucking mental like because arrival again it's quite a it's quite a murky-looking film, that, as well, but it feels of a piece. Solo, it's just like you can't... Re like, you can't... In the darker scenes, you can't really tell the details that much. I watched this motherfucker in Dolby Vision, where, you know, it's like the, the dynamic range is, like, very high contrast. Uh, and, no, nah, it, it, it still looks murky. Um, and the thing is, watching it now... Now that we know there's not going to be a follow-up to Solo, the sheer amount of fucking look what we got coming up in a couple of years, it's kind of embarrassing. Um, it, it, you know, the Amelia Clark character, we are told all the way, she says all the way through, I've done bad things. Other people are saying she's done bad things. Old Narek writes like, ah, oh, but I see good in her. By the end of it, she's done bad things and he's seen some good in her. Brilliant. Well done. You know, like, who, who who, fucking knows? Who cares? You know, twice in the last 25 minutes, they referenced that there's a big job in Tatooine. Wonder who that's going to be. Like, they, they don't just do it once, it's twice. You know, <laughs> um, they, um, I, d I don't know. It just, it feels like such a fucking footnote. But the thing is with Rogue One, it was like they didn't want to necessarily want to tell any sequels, but we're getting a spin-off with Disney Plus with Diego Luna, and you know, fine, that's cool, whatever. This film does like it sets that up in terms of the character, but not the plot. Rogue One is like a self-contained. This is the start. This is the end. That's the story. 
solo, they're wanting to set up like an entire spin-off world. And, you know, nah. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's fine. Would I watch another one? Yeah, sure. Am I that bothered that we're not going to get one? Nah. You know, it, it's fucking fascinating the, uh, the, 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 the hubris that uh, Disney had in releasing this like about four and a half months after Last Jedi and just thinking it was going to be a massive hit. You know, it, it just, no. You know, if this, it, you know, another world where they just went, right, just because we want Star Wars films to come out in the summer, which they always did, it was just like scheduling that seemed to, and like directors being dropped that seemed to force everything into December. You put this in December last year, no, or 2018, what would you have had? What would you have had in tw- December 2018? I'm just trying to think now. 2018. Uh, the first... Was that, was that Jumanji the first one or was that... No, that was 17. 17. What was 18 then? The big Christmas movie. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't a Star Wars, was it? Because that was the Star Wars movie. That, that would have been the Star Wars, yeah. Yeah. It did not crack that wasn't really a big thing, was it? No, I mean, that, that was pretty much gone. That came that out in, um, in November. So was that... Okay, so there must have been something else, Disney, that came out. What the fuck was it, though? But, I mean, that that's the thing. I mean, it's like we're, we're finding it hard to think of exactly what it was. It must have been something franchisey, surely. Spider-Verse came out December 6th. What we're looking for Christmas. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, keep keep going through those weeks. Uh... Aquaman. Fucking Aquaman. That was it. Was it Aquaman? Yeah, it would have been because Justice League was twenty seventeen. Aquaman came out December seven. But that that like what yeah I mean that would have been like the big yeah like what Poppins you know what I mean well didn't it sorry Mary Poppins that's the book. okay that was Mary, that was the Disney one Mary Poppins okay so that's the thing you release it in December yes you're up against Aquaman and you're up against Mary Poppins but slightly different audience to Mary Poppins you'd think over Christmas they could sit with each other. Aquaman, Aquaman almost feels like it grows to over a billion dollars worldwide because that was kind of the only game in town. Um, you know, Aquaman people liked it, but nobody seemed to really fucking love that thing. Um, so could Solo have done better in December? Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it I, I, you know, but I mean, that, that, like I say, it's hubris, but. Hey, we're not going to get another one, and I feel sorry for old Aaron Reich. And I, 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 like, like I said with Dane DeHaan earlier on, I hope he's okay. Um, he, he literally, yeah, he that has killed his career, and he was going to be hot shit. Mm. And now he's cold diarrhea. Yeah. Um, Can I just just interject for one second before we go like onto anything next? I when when you said about Homeward Bound before, sorry, I didn't I didn't get to say it before. I couldn't remember what I always get it muddled up with. When you were saying about watching it with Lottie, I was like horrified. 
I always get homeward bound muddled up with plague dogs. Yeah, that's a fucking <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Richard Adams has fucked up some some psyches in his yeah, time, hasn't yeah. he? Oh my God. Sorry, I just I didn't want it to go any further away from Homeward Bound before I said it. <laughs> no, no, good. Uh, rewatch Coco. Really fucking like Coco. Coco's amazing. Coco is. Sorry. Tell Mark he has to watch Coco. Yeah, dude, Coco is real good. You listen to him on Toy Story Four. I will Granted, he's wrong. I will watch Coco. <laughs> Like it, 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 like visually awesome. Can I point something out though? When I watch Coco, and if I don't like it, you two are going to be responsible for me saying I don't like it. That's fine. That's fine. Um, it's a beautiful film. Let's, Mark, watch Coco soon, and we'll just talk about it more then. Um, we'll talk about it next week when I force him to watch it. Sweet. Uh, I watched the first 4K Blu-ray that I watched in my new 4K player, and I'm the only person on Earth to own this on 4K Blu-ray. Josh Trank's Fantastic Four! Um, so, Fantastic Four. I like Fantastic Four. I enjoy Fantastic Four. And I'm going to do a commentary track with Noel about Fantastic Four because he really doesn't like it. Uh, he he, he now, fucking hates it. <laughs> so, the thing about Fantastic Four is I've got no real affinity with the characters whatsoever. Could not give a fuck. So, if you tell me that I'm going to watch these guys all get together, get mutant powers, and it be fucking body horror for 20 minutes, yeah, cool, I'm in. If you're going to tell me that Toby Kebbell is going to play a metal man who goes all Akira at the end, much like Day in the Hand at the end of Chronicle, yes, I'm 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 in. Yes, it looks like there's basically two sets for the entire film, and one was just a reset dressed version of the other. Fine, I'm okay with that. Um, yes, it is blatantly two acts that had a third act cut out for budgetary reasons. Fair enough. This is an individual idiosyncratic film, which is a fascinating example of Fox going, yep, let's give Josh Trank a load of money and oh, fuck. Wasn't the rumours that he literally just spent the majority of the time getting baked? Yeah, something about that and like his dogs trashed the rented apartment that Fox paid for and he had to pay like they had to pay like tens of thousands of dollars of damages. Yeah, he, he, um, his reputation did not come out of that well, did it? No, I mean that that's that's why um it's taken five years for his next film to fucking see the light of day. You know, I mean like he got dropped from a Star Wars film, um, post Fantastic Four. Um, he out on Twitter said on opening weekend, I wish you could see the film that I wanted to make. Um, but there, there's elements there, man. I'm not saying it's perfect, but Miles Teller is doing an impression of a nerd and that's fine. I, I, I like, I'm not, Miles Teller's fine. Um, 
Michael B. Jordan as Johnny Storm is really good casting. Jamie Bell is fucking brilliant as the thing. Um, Kamara, I think, is all right as Sue Storm. Um, you know, it's it's a film where Toby Kebbell fucking explodes Tim Blake Nelson's head. I, I'd like with mind powers. I like it. I like it. And the 4K is a step up from the Blu-ray. The HDR is really nice. Um, and you know what? It gets in and out in 97 minutes. I like Fantastic Four. Fuck it. Also, I watched Yesterday again. Now, Yesterday, I liked less on rewatch. Why? Because Jack Malik is a fucking arsehole. <laughs> Why? Right. That guy, uh, you got Lily James, school teacher, which is another kink of mine, quite frankly. I mean, I think um, lots of things, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's just even even towards the end, right? So I watched this with Donna, and it just twigged that bit at the end where. You guys have seen yesterday, haven't you? No. no. Fuck. All right. Oh, fuck. Danny Boyle directed it. Do I yeah. always forget that Danny Boyle directed this? <laughs> Probably. So, Jack Malik, by the way, is the character. He's played by Himesh Patel, who was Tanwar in EastEnders, which blows my mind. Good for him. Um, this film ends with him kind of like confessing everything about him stealing the Beatles songs and how he loves Lily James, right? Um, he does a guest spot at Ed Sheeran's concert at Wembley. And he comes up and then Lily James is like backstage and whatnot. And then the camera comes on Lily James. She's on the massive screen behind him. And she's not like being like wanting fame or anything like that. She's just there. And what does he do? He says that like he loves her, but he also gives this confessional that he stole these songs. Why the fuck would you put like the woman who you claim to be the love of your life on a massive screen behind you when you're confessing that you stole a load of songs and you're a fraud? How is that a romantic gesture? I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. All the way through, the lead character makes fucking dickhead choices. Regardless of your affinity towards Lily James, dickhead choices. He absolutely digs the fucking grave that he's making for himself. And even the climactic act at the end, it's a fucking what the fuck. Between that, and Richard Curtis's Kira Knightley, Andrew Lincoln, Juratel Ejiofer, uh, like triangle in Love Actually. I'm fairly sure that Richard Curtis has murdered many women in his life. <laughs> I can't prove it, but I've got an inkling. I've got an inkling. It's fucked. The thing is, yesterday is this kind of shonkily put-together film that does have its heart in the right place overall, has really good performances. Ed Sheeran is solid as fuck in this film. 
I'm sure he can only play himself, but he's solid as fuck. He's got a nice line in, this guy is way better than me, and I don't understand why, which I really like. Um, And it's got a load of Beatles music, and it's got a lovely, lovely scene with Robert Carlyle playing someone. Lovely scene. John Lennon played. Yes. Um, but it's a fucking mess of a film. It is a mess. It is Danny Boyle. I love, obviously, I love Danny Boyle, but sometimes his films almost seem to run on enthusiasm and ambition. Yesterday is one of those films. But shit, man. Lily James, school teacher. Five out of five, film of the year. Um, (laughs) and and that's it for me this week cool Um, right we've got two movies left to go guys woo Uh, this podcast you're listening to pretty good isn't it only problem is it's about halfway through pretty soon it'll be over and then what are you going to do Well, if you're a fan of this show, why not head over to wearepodsyndicate.com and subscribe to our brand new feed, Pod Syndicate The Bonus Shows. Every week, your hosts from Beyond the Neon, Chinstroker vs. Punter, Entertainment Landfill, Film Bastards, His Film, Her Movie, and What's On Tap will be dropping bonus shows right onto that feed. These shows might be collaborations and crossovers, or they might be archive episodes, interviews, one-offs, and other treats from across the Pod Syndicate network. So, prepare yourself for the inevitable disappointment of this Pod Syndicate show ending by heading to wearepodsyndicate.com and clicking on the bonus shows. We now return you to your regularly scheduled Pod Syndicate podcast. Are you a craft beer junkie? Do you eagerly anticipate the freshest IPA release from your local craft brewer? Do you check in every beer you've ever had on Untapped? Do you know the difference between a Belgian triple and a Berliner Weisse? Then do we have a podcast for you. What's Untapped podcast gives you beer reviews, interviews with brewers, behind-the-scenes access to beer festivals, games, and more. Whether you're a craft beer junkie or new to the world of craft brewing, What's Untapped podcast is something for you. Check us out online, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and now wearepodsyndicate.com. And as always... Keep drinking, you dum-dums. The Mulberry Boys, every Friday night. On the show, you better know they keep it tight. ETL is back and the J-Strom's in the zone. Introduce the co-host, he doesn't do it alone. PCZ is about to hold court. You know he's on the headset, you can hear him snort. Pop culture movies, TV shows and games. Rotten Tomatoes reviews news and Blu-rays. Foggy don't play around, he will bust a drop fast. Welcome to the Entertainment Landfill Podcast. The Jason and Steven Show. It's the Jason and Steven Show. What? The Jason and Steven Show. It's the Jason and Steven Show. Shall we go into the sky? 
let's go. Let's go. This is going to be fun. <laughs> so, Lucy in the Sky is um, directed by uh, Noah Hawley, uh, who I believe is the creator and uh, director of the Legion series. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the Legion, as in the, the, movie, we the movie that we watched, or the TV series of the movie we just watched, which is a thing. Um, but the uh, Dan Stevens starring DC comic book um, thing, I think. I think it's a DC comic book series. Um, this film stars uh, Natalie Potton, John Hamm, uh, Zizzy Beats, Dan Stevens, uh, and Ellen Burstyn, uh, and is partially. Kind of very, 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 very loosely based uh, on um, astronaut Lisa uh, Nowak's life or a certain period of her life. Uh, so Natalie Portman plays uh, Lucy Cole, who has just got back from a tour in space. Um, it is set, we think, early noughties. We think, don't we? We're not quite sure. Um and it's about her readjusting to life back on Earth, um, whilst at the same time being very driven towards getting back out to fucking space. Uh, Dan Stevens plays her husband, who's a PR guy for NASA, and he's an all-round good guy. Uh, and John Hamm plays Mark Goodwin, who is also a fellow astronaut, who's also trying to get back into space, and is an all-round not-too-good guy. Um, Bex what did you think of uh, Lucy in the Sky <laughs> it's it, it, I don't I don't really know how to verbalise it it doesn't help that she's such a knobhead <laughs> like she's thoroughly fucking unlikable you're supposed to sympathise with her like she just wants to get back up into space. Like, I don't fucking care. Get some grounding in reality, you stupid bitch. And the fact that she finds peace at the end, I'm like, great, great. She should be in prison. Why is she? Why is she keeping bees? She should be in prison. She's just an absolute knobhead all the way through it, and I think that detracts from the film. I don't think it helps that Natalie Portman cannot do anything without that smug fucking look on her face. Well, that does work for the character here. But would the character have been more sympathetic without Natalie Portman's smug face and shit wig? The wig's weird. The wig is weird. That blonde, horrible, like, drugstore wig that she gets looks better than the wig she wears. I'm sure, I am sure all drugstores keep their wigs next to their rope and hammers. Definitely keep wigs in the hardware section. Absolutely. Next to the rest of the murder implements. Absolutely. Glenn. Where do I put these wigs again? Put them next to fucking ropes. I just, it's just, and the thing is, when you actually then read about the real story, there's no fucking grounding in <laughs> no. reality either. No, it's, 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 it, it, it is very, very loosely based. So anyway, beyond that, what did you think? Well, I, th- I think she, she's just, she's just a bit of a. We're allowed to swear properly on here, aren't we? She's just a bit of a cunt. She's a cunt to her niece. She's a cunt to her husband, her co-workers. And do you know what? No. And the thing is, she'd have been automatically struck off that fucking mission anyway for disobeying orders when she was in that pool. 
So acting all fucking surprised about it and then going all psycho. I, I will come to my theory behind that, though. Bullshit is what it is. Uh, Ian, what did you think to Lucy in the Sky? I mean, it just it's a fucking ripe, stinky cheese of a film, is Lucy in the Sky. I mean, it's... I mean, it fucking honks. Um, I, I, just what the fuck were they doing? Um, the thing is, it started off, it was doing all these aspect ratio changes, and it's like, it's almost like the film is trying to win me over, but it, you know, and it's like, I get it, you know, when it's 4 3, it's him, her on Earth, just living a dull life and when it expands out to anamorphic it's like okay this is her kind of like imagining what her life could be and i think when it when it starts off and it's you know this tale of this woman who is kind of trying to touch the impossible again you know and it's like she's seen the face of god as john ham says and coming down from that is really really harsh but like you say bex it 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 just makes her look like a fucking dickhead, which is it's weird that Natalie Portman would be drawn to that kind of character and think, yeah, she she's someone I want to play. Um, you I know, I, it, it, in there. Which we we had that conversation, didn't we? Post um, that about the uh, I, 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 we, we'll get to that in a minute. I'll let yeah, you finish here. Sorry. sorry. No, no worries, but yeah, I I, I get it. I mean, and the thing is. I thought that it kind of had an interesting thing going on there where it was kind of like, it's almost like ephemeral, can't quantify to anyone why she's unhappy, you know, because you almost have to experience that thing. So almost like the kind of like when she starts having the relationship with John Hamm, it's just like, is it going to be that, you know, they're both connected by the fact they were both up there and maybe they can they both understand each other. But no, it's basically she really likes the taste of John's ham. And as the film goes on, it turns into Mad Cat Lady, the movie. Um, I, I will just say that bit where he says you're off the mission and he says you got too emotional and then she immediately proceeds to go insanely emotional and yep. just go off the deep end. What I don't know what anyone was going for in this film, apart from if they wanted to do some sort of bizarre tribute to the cinema of yesteryear, where all conflicted women were automatically hysterical. We think it's it, such, yeah. it's such a fucking just swing and a miss of a film it, yeah. uh, I mean, it, it's kind of fucking fascinating but mm. yeah 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 Mark, she seems to be such, such a big feminist and then nope. and one of the most damaging things in in cinema re- relating to women is is the fact that any woman that that feels emotional gets angry Her character references it in the film yeah she does yeah is, is portrayed as hysterical and then she's just perpetuating that in this film it, it is a little bit like if you want if, if that's a message you want to tell don't use this woman's story no because just changing the small element and saying uh, in the film to kind of hoodwink people by having it that she assaults josh ham's john ham's character sorry rather than zazie beat's character which is the actual real life event yeah. <laughs> um 
that is there and it has nothing to do with um, professional uh, jealousy. It is literally lover's quarrel. Yeah, you're getting dicked by someone that I want to still be getting dicked by. Get yeah. out of my way. They, they change. The problem is with this is if you're going to tell a story that is loosely based on somebody's life, right, you you can't claim that it's it, it's it's based on true events mm. when you leave out or you change as many events as this movie fucking does the main crux of this film is her kind of wanting to get back into space and missing that kind of feeling of you know whatever of of, of that kind of freedom and, and stuff like that that is nothing to do with the real life story she was just jealous about that other girl yeah and the you know, the real woman has three fucking kids. And yeah. has been having an affair with John Hamm's character for years. Yeah. Um, it, it's a really odd one. I in an odd way, I don't get on with Natalie Portman as an actress. I don't I don't I also think she comes across as an arsehole, mm. to be honest. You know, she we had the conversation afterwards that, you know, she constantly will um she is a bandwagon jumper of the worst fucking kind. Mm. She will bleat on and on, quite rightly so, about female representation in cinema and how there needs to be more um, female directors getting prominent roles or more emphasis on um, female films getting more exposure. Absolutely. fucking lutely Don't think you will get a single proper film fan who thinks that that isn't an issue that needs some weight behind. And the thing that people can do about it, especially prominent actors, is maybe starring fucking films directed by fucking women. That'd be an idea, right? She would jump on anything, you know, uh, that that suits a narrative of her being on the right side of history, Mm. unless you mention in that time when she tries to sign off to get Polanski reinstated in Hollywood. Oops, no one mentions that. Um, <laughs> but that does lend her perfectly to playing an arrogant, self-centred, I'm-always-right arsehole and having a war that just suggests just complete fucking cockiness. I, and I loved that <laughs> about so this funny. performance. Which bit? <laughs> the bit where she goes to his party and she's walking into like the kitchen or his bedroom or something and you were like... Fucking hell, if she tries to walk any more cocky, she's going to fall over backwards. She's literally... Yeah, like... she is literally so far walking backwards. Swinging her ass. Literally, she's fucking Gallaghering it. <laughs> she's full Liam. It is a sight to behold. And I I loved it. I, I was kind of watching it going, there's an oddity in this that, that I have in, at no point in my life seen any attraction to Natalie Portman but crazy fucking Natalie Portman was almost there doing it except she was just too pathetic to ever be threatening at all she right of all the things in a hardware store right that were there she picked up bug spray to attack somebody with and she literally had a fucking gun right but she couldn't find it there was a great moment where the niece, it all happened. It's like when she finds the gun, the niece, and she looks at it and thinks, shit, I should have stayed with Uncle Drew. Yeah. <laughs> because I can't confidently say if this gun isn't I, I, for me I, or not. I've got to say as well, 
the way that Dan Stevens' character is fucking portrayed, where he's a good man, but because he can't open jars, he's obviously sexually inadequate. Oh, yeah. Like, he's a cook because he can't open a jar. Jesus fucking wept. Yeah. Like, like, like I say, this film just honk. Like, I just, oh. He, he gets a great scene where he, he's where he's talking of what's her name, uh, Zazie Beats, when they meet up, and he's like, he's going over everything that she's done, and she's like, is this like even a simple night? Like, this is my job. Yeah. And it, it just, his character is more interesting than any other character in the movie, mm. but the movie doesn't think he is. Oh my God, we haven't even mentioned the accent. The Clarice Starling accent that she puts on all the way through it. Oh, the fact it's that... It's not even a normal Southern accent. She has clearly just gone, right, I'm going to mainline Silence of the Lambs until I get this shit down. Yeah, not as much the fact that the character that it's based on is actually from Washington and not from the Deep <laughs> South. <laughs> God. Oh. Um, I, I just, I still cannot get over the fact that the wig was linked to the hammers and shit. Yeah, there's a great bit. There's a great bit as well where when she's first riding, when she's first riding John Hamm in the back of that fucking truck, mm. and you get that long shot of the sky behind them, and you know you've got that, and it's clearly trying to show something that this is, you know, it's that feeling that she wants because it's John Hamm's dick. But it, it at that same point as well, he's running his hands through her hair, and you can fucking see the join of the wig. <laughs> <laughs> um, the thing is, if it was just trying to be. A film about a knobhead being a knobhead, played by a knobhead, fine, it succeeds in that. But the issue is, I think this wants to be more profound than that. Like, this oh, is oh, trying yeah. to make Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, is. she just really the, wants to the go back fact, to the, Fucking grow the up. The fact that at some point, where there's the spacey bits, it is literally trying to go as close to ripping off the interstellar score <laughs> as it can yeah, yeah, without yeah. any copyright infringement. <laughs> the thing is... I, like, I, well, go on, Another thing I thought when you know the bit where they're going into the pool and Zazie Beats comes out and she's like eight and a half minutes, bitch, new record. And like I was thinking to myself then, if that's some kind of physical challenge, Zazie Beats would kick Natalie Portman's ass at anything physical <laughs> because Natalie Portman looks like she'd break if you breathe near her. Like as an astronaut, you have to have a certain amount of physical strength. You do, but that's not determined by mass or anything like that. She barely looks like she can fucking walk through She does look like she's 10 years younger than her niece. I will give you that. Um, what I also adored about this movie was her big tense getaway that they talk about on the TV <laughs> and say, um, yeah, 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 yeah. After a tense standoff. Tense standoff. Yeah. That was that tense. She was literally running away <laughs> in a parking lot, right, with a can of bug spray, taking off her wig, but she's running away by running to the top of the parking lot. She's literally she running herself into a corner, which I do agree with you, is I think she's literally heading towards space and just runs out of fucking stairs. <laughs> oh, I, I, it's glorious, this film. Oh, it's... I will watch this again. You will watch because, it again on your own. Yeah, I, I will happily do that because it, it, it's mental. It doesn't work at all. The aspect ratio thing changing, I get it, Ian. It's a particular virtual kink for you. But it is very much of the just because you can doesn't yeah, mean to yeah. say you should. It's, 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 
telling that he's a TV director prior to this. No, no I, mean, I, I want to see him doing something else because I think he's an interesting director. It's, it's one of the most over-directed films I've seen in a long time, though. Like, the sh- sheer shit he is throwing at the wall. I, like, it, I, I, I'm kind of impressed by it. Like, I didn't hate the experience of watching the film. Um, no, it, it's, you know, like... But, I mean, the aspect ratio changes. The way that even early on, it's kind of like there are montage sequences where it's kind of almost like cutting things from later in the film into it and like the way it's trying to be kind of like expressive and visual storytelling but when you get to the heart of the matter where like the 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 film is trying to tell you this natalie portman trying to get this ethereal feeling that she'll never get but then it turns out she can just get it from john ham's dick yeah like it just it's so reductive but with like the the dressing of something that wants to be so much more it, it's a baffling and fascinating film and, I, I, and it, it it would be a career killer for people i think if people saw it yeah it, it would be <laughs> I, I do love the fact that john ham seems to pick films now based on the fact that right so what's what's my character thing well what it, it what it is is you're this astronaut's like no can i stop you there do I get to play fucking handsome and a bit dashing? Yeah, fine. Because so I can do that. Our, our recommendation basically on this then is nobody watch it because we quite like John John Hamm, Dan Stevens and Dirty Beats and we don't want it to end their careers. I want everybody to watch this. I mean, that's just mean. Um, it, it's a geostorm. It's geostorm. It's a question. fucking geostorm. Yeah, it, it, it's, it, it is... It's so Geostorm. I definitely will watch this again because I liked it. I love the fact that for no reason at all, when she moves to her um, grandma's, she goes, what is it, to find some clothes and just find some and decides, yes, yes, this is the new me. <laughs> what? Why? Why <laughs> they would... wouldn't even fit you. No. You're like seven, eight inches shorter than her. Mm. I will say, though, Ellen, <laughs> Ellen Burstyn as just sweary grandma. Fine. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> yeah, I, right. I, I, it's, it's, it's without question, Geostar. Um, where are you, Bex? I'm going to go for your shit. You, you, you definitely shit. Yeah. Fair, Fair enough. I, I Fair don't know that anyone can believe that. Um, well, our audience poll, definitely not shit 43%. Wow. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Touching cloth, fourteen percent. Shit, forty-three percent, and Geostorm, zero percent. The last thing I will say on it is the real-life person didn't go to become a beekeeper at all. She went on to a cushy job working for the navy, and then was demoted, and now works in the private sector. I, 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 I like. Noah Hawley's kinks are very specific. It's yeah. either being in space, John Hamm's dick, or beekeeping. <laughs> Those are the things that get that guy off. Yep. Yep. Do you want some trivia? Go on, then, give us some trivia. Yes, please. God, yes. Reese Witherspoon replaced Natalie Portman in the lead role, but dropped out to focus on season two of Big Little Lies. <laughs> Later, Portman returned in the lead role. Yeah. You'd have loved that, wouldn't you, Ian? You'd love Reese Witherspoon. 
Uh, I, I would have loved to have seen Reese Witherspoon kill her career, but, you know, never mind. <laughs> Retired astronaut Marsha Ivins criticised the premise of the plot and denied that there is such a thing as a long-standing idea that says astronauts begin to lose their grip on reality after being in space for an extended period of time. So Marsha Ivins called bullshit on the whole premise of this movie. Yeah, there's a lot of bullshit called on this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Becky, I need to go for something that you introduce plus one. No, I don't want to. You can do it. Um, I, I don't have anything ready, but I uh, I will try. Uh, so the um, the iTunes uh, 99p rental of the week is Plus One, which is a 2019 uh, American romantic comedy film written, directed, and produced by Jeff Chan and Andrew Reimer. And it stars Maya Erskine, uh, Jack Quaid, Beck Bennett, Rosalind Chow, Perry Reeves, and Egg Begley Jr. Thank you very much, Wikipedia. This <laughs> is the story of two college friends who attend a wedding and decide to uh, basically be each other's plus ones at other weddings. As it goes on, um, you know, romantic feelings develop. Um surprisingly early on in the film i thought and it moves on from there um so bex plus one i literally had seen the poster and that was it before watching the film uh i don't know about you guys but yeah was it was it kind of what you thought it was going to be or how what do you think of it uh yeah i mean similar we i i hadn't seen a trailer or anything literally saw the poster and read the the plot synopsis um Sounded very generic, crappy rom-com. I was, I was fully ready to, yeah, yeah, you were always unlike it, weren't you? I was fully ready to just kind of get through this one. Um, and I was actually really pleasantly surprised. Um, it's, it's a lot funnier and a lot sweeter than I expected it to be. And it's, I think the way that they're written and their dialogue's written makes them feel more real than a lot of rom-com characters, which are just essentially tropes usually aren't they um so yeah I, I i really really enjoyed it it really surprised me to be honest yeah, very good very good um mark thoughts um again another one uh, similar to 21 bridges i think this is a, another one of the sort of in my wheelhouse i i can hoover this shit up like a motherfucker you are weirdly on board with rom-com i like rom-com i think they're they're great you know there's some there's some terrible ones when you try and put too much emphasis on um things like bounty hunter the um gerard butler and jennifer aniston one that Mm. is just midnight run but with a love story yeah stuff like that or there's a lot of crap goes out there but the problem is also within all that crap that goes out there there's a lot of really interesting and really fun um indie rom-coms um you know for instance we watched um destination wedding yeah that's really good which is a rom-com yeah you know when i met sally one of the best movies ever made is a rom-com um they can be fucking great and even the slightly crap ones can actually be really enjoyable. I mean, we we are big fans of Fool's Gold. Fool's Gold's a great, what is it? An but adventure rom-com. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, but I also uh, I quite liked um, Jack Quaid in stuff. Uh, he's not been in much, but he, he seems like, I thought, right, this guy's going to be able to carry comedy. Uh, and he can. Uh, a lot of the comedic heavy lifting is uh, left for uh, Maya Eskrin. Um, but then again, I think that's just because they acknowledge, do you know what? She's funnier. <laughs> um, and she is funny, she is funny but yeah. she also manages to nail the um, 
more dramatic beats than the more mm. hitting beats uh, with it. Um, it's, but see, I think you said Ian there when you start to, they, they get together a lot earlier in the movie than you expect. Yeah. Um, and I think that I've, I've said for a long time on, on, the, on the podcast um, is it, it doesn't matter if you're telling a story that's been told before and if you're doing things that have, done, that have been done before. If you do them well. If you do them badly, it becomes repetitive and cynical. If you do them well, it is just you telling the same story um, that somebody else told, but just telling it in a different way with a different inflection. And I think that Plus One manages to do it. It's It hits along at a nice pace. It's maybe a touch too long, mm. but maybe only like a touch. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, if you're looking for fault. Um, but the... The leads are charismatic enough and relatable enough. Um, the the fact that Ed Begley Jr. seems to be playing Ed Begley Jr. in it, it is quite nice. Um, like you know, it, it, he had a nice level of um, Ed Begley Jr. Yeah, of Ed Begley Jr. in it um, that I, I really got on with quite well. The the way it's set and flips around with the different weddings was quite nice, and the fact that you don't know at any point if you're at one of his friend's weddings or one of her friend's weddings. Mm. Um, and the fact that you always get the feeling that he's doing her the favour mm. uh, for that is always quite nice. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was a little bit disappointed that it starts off as kind of like being almost like from both their points of view. And as the film goes on, it kind of turns into very much being from his point of view. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that might be because I, I preferred my Erskine to to Jack Wade in this. Um, I I thought that her kind of like role of happy-go-lucky, whatever, like whatever's going to happen, happens kind of girl to really, really being into him. I thought was more believably played than him kind of like falling for her and then thinking, Oh shit, maybe not. And then, okay, then yeah, fair enough. And when when the film was to, he does seem to take a a real fucking left turn away from that. Very. Yeah. I, 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 I think when he's explaining it that like, you know, he want, he wanted to meet the one, you know, not, not someone who, he thought, let's, you know, let's see how this goes. I really like this person. Let's see how it goes. I thought, okay, fair enough. That kind of makes sense. But it, 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 it is a bit of an about turn because it's like they go to the one wedding, they're together, it's fine. They go to the next one and they basically break up. Like they, they have that little quibble about the fucking the, the coffee maker. He's horrible to her in that bit. Yeah, yes. That's, that's the thing. And that's my problem with the film. I liked the film. But I liked it for Maya Erskine. I thought yeah. she was really funny and I thought she was very charming. Um, with him, the fact that the last 20, 25 minutes is him realising he's a fuck up after being horrible to her. And then the fact that she then kind of like comes back to him. And even in like the last scene, he kind of takes the piss out of her for that. It's and I get it's kind of like a callback to how their relationship was in the earlier days, but it does kind of feel like, mate, you don't deserve her. You're a, a bit of a fucking tool. Mm. Am I really happy that she's actually ended up with you? Maybe not, 
like it, it, but, I, I, what I would say there, and I agree with you a hundred percent. What I would say there is the alternative argument that you could put towards that. Whether or not I agree with this argument, I'm not saying I do. Is she's perfect for him because she will literally tell him he's a dick. Yeah. And he needs somebody to constantly remind him that he is a dick. But it's just the fact that he's a dick in a really fucking hurtful way. In like the coffee make a bit, and then the, the bit where he breaks up with her. Yeah. Um. I I, I just it, it like he's a dick earlier on, just because like he's a bit of a dick, you know. Like, but not he's a fucking dick. Yeah. You know, I, I it, there's there's nuance there. It, his I, character I, does seem to change a little bit too much. It, 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 there isn't as much of a flow with his character in the sense that. I think the character that you get at the start where he's trying to be really um, like overly sentimental about the speech and everything like that. And then if you take that character and then the character he is towards the end, they do feel almost like two separate characters from the same film. Mm. Yeah. 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 I, 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 it, it's, just, it's just the fact that I, 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 I've never seen Mario Skin in anything, I don't think. And it's just like, I thought she was really, really funny, and she she was kind of caustic, but not mean, you know. And uh, and with with him, it just it I think it needed a bit because you know they have a, a good chunk with the dad earlier on where it's kind of set up that like he's not happy about the 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 the, the new wife, and then towards the end, it's the realization of well, life's not going to be how I thought it was going to be. And there's not really anything in between there. There's quite a long chunk where it's just them at the weddings. Um, and I think it maybe needed something in between there to kind of explain why he started feeling the way he did and not necessarily that it was her, but it, it was like his, almost like his fear of committing to someone he wasn't 100% sure about. Yeah, it, um, it and I caught by the sense that it's, um, this the idea that it's going to be just set at the weddings. That's the only time they spend with it is at these weddings. Mm. Apart from you, you don't you spend time with him outside of the weddings, but you don't spend any time with her outside of the weddings. Yes, that's that's the thing. It's like she falls for him, and then suddenly he is the focus of the film, and he wasn't necessarily the focus of the film up to that point. It was kind of equal. Yeah. Um, there was, you know, there was a bit of, of him going to his da- dad's house and whatnot, and it just, yeah, it. I, 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 I wish it were better, but I enjoyed my time with it enough. Like Twenty One Bridges, funnily enough. Well, we've, uh, um, my Esquire was in Beers, you know, the Amazon Prime series that was basically their Silicon Valley. Yeah, yeah. Only ran for like one season, but it was really fucking good. Mm. Uh, she was in that, and she was brilliant in that as well. Mm. Uh, it's a really good show, that actually. She's kind of like a more successful at it, Aubrey Plaza. I think Aubrey Plaza's very successful sure. at it. She's a, she's a less unpleasant seeming Aubrey Plaza. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, Aubrey Plaza does it and seems unpleasant. Maya Erskine does it and. Seems quite charming. Yeah, yeah. 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 She's better at. Aubrey Plaza's shtick than Aubrey Plaza is. I actually quite like Aubrey Plaza and stuff. So, <laughs> so she's in Legion, which I'm going to make you start watching. So there you go. Fair enough. Um, yeah. 
Uh, I, I, I didn't do a poll for this, I don't think. I think because I just forgot, to be honest. Uh, I, but I'm definitely not shit on it. I, yeah. I, I enjoyed yeah. it. Um, will I watch it again? Probably not. But what I will say there is, let's say if I sat down on a day off, if we ever get to go back to work again, and I've just made lunch, I put the TV on and just flick on Sky to see what's on Sky Movies, and it's 10 minutes in, I could see myself sitting and watching it. I, I, I did like, I don't think we have what they but they have. What, two dicks? Yeah. She gets some line. great lines uh, within it. Yeah. Yeah, she does. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 yeah. I, I, I will be keeping an eye out for her in more. Mm. I will yeah, say that. Same. Because she was very, very charming and very, very funny at points. Yeah, she was. Yeah. 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 Uh, right. So, uh, we do have questions. Is Duke to be in a film called An American Pickle, which is about an immigrant worker at a pickle factory who is accidentally preserved for 100 years and wakes up in modern day Brooklyn? Oh, God. Yeah, I will watch the shit it's out of that. It's also got Seth Rogen in Has it? Yeah. Does she play I'm the I'm look. I'm looking forward to an American Pickle Two Surprise Island. But, yeah. <laughs> no, Seth Rogen's the one that gets pickled. I think. Oh wow! Oh, that is a uh, yeah. That's a. When the fuck is that out? By Brandon Tross, who did This Is the End. Oh shit! Yeah, he's the he's the cinematographer. Oh yeah. shit! Oh, B Trost made a film. Oh, I'm up for that. Yeah, I'm up for that. Uh, yeah, it's a point grey picture is what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Nice. I'm looking forward to watching that when it comes out on uh, Netflix. Yeah, totally. 100%. Yeah. Straight to streaming. Yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. We have questions. I'm sure we do. Find them. Let's work out how to read as well. Um, Rick Kidd, at Rick J. Kidd. Uh, are there any actors slash actresses who you have an irrational or rational hatred of, hoping that they will never make another film and will ignore any films they do make? Oh, Rick, come on, you don't... Have you never listened to the show before? <laughs> <laughs> Which was Natalie Portman, just Natalie Portman. You've got more than Natalie Portman, Rebecca. I don't like Jennifer Lawrence. You've gone through phases, though, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, I have, yeah. Yeah. It, it, who else has been in your phase that you've got over? Um, Jason Bourne, what's his real name? Matt Damon. Matt Damon, yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tom Cruise. You went through a Tom Cruise phase, I did, didn't you? I did. Um, what's the face? Always does voices. Kate Blanchett. Yeah, yep. Kate Blanchett. She's still not entirely <laughs> on that list. Always does voices. <laughs> she does. She goes, no, Kate, Kate, no, right. Kate Blanchett for a lot of years was a wig and a voice. Oh, that's funny. Ex Tilda Swinton's on there at the moment. Yeah, you're not a fan of T Swizzle now, no, are you? she can go fuck. T Swill. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Well, Chadwick Boseman's on there. He's a charisma boy, and I will not watch anything with him in. What about what's it? Anthony Mackie, just that. That grey patch that he appears in Marvel movies he sometimes. He's, he's, a, he's a glitch in the Matrix. He's like a, <laughs> he's a spot of static on reality. Yeah. Why, why did nothing happen for 15 seconds? What are they reacting to? Yeah. But I don't find him as offensively uncharismatic as I do Chadwick Boseman. <laughs> Ian, have you got any other ones that aren't Reese Witherspoon? <laughs> no. 
Oh, I do not. <laughs> Why do you hate Reese Witherspoon so much? Oh, she's a fucking dickhead, bud. Like, it just... That woman just screams dickhead from head to toe. All day dickhead. Yeah. And she is. She has done the don't you know who I am. Yeah, which I think was the thing that really topped it off was when she was caught drunk driving and, li- and did actually say to you, don't you know who I am? Yeah, that's yeah. Oh, what a dickhead. All day dickhead. I mean, that, that, that basically, that saying that line basically killed what's her name? Uh, Oh, shit. She was in... Um... Fuck. My brain's completely dead. Like, completely dead. Um, he's legend movie that you love. Oh, 10 Things I Hate About yeah. Julia Stiles. Julia Stiles, yes. Yeah, her career literally took a big fucking bump because when uh, Ashton Kutcher punked her on punk, one for the teenagers there, um, <laughs> that she actually said, don't you know who I am? at one point to it, and they were like, oh, shit, we've never had someone say that before. Nice. Yeah, who do I have? Michael fucking Sarah. I fucking hate that guy. Yeah, you do hate Michael Sarah. I either. You used to like him in Terry's Bueller, but now he's fat and married to Sarah Jessica Parker and you don't like him. Matthew Broderick. No, he's fucking weird. He's odd. It's like... With Matthew Broderick, it's like now they still think he's as charismatic as he was in Ferris Bueller. And he's not. He has basically become his character in Election. Yes. What was the first thing you said, sorry? Michael Sarah. Yeah, you don't like Michael Sarah. I hate Michael Sarah. Yeah. Pretty much, you know, two of the three main cast out of Superbad, I don't like Christmas Platts either. He's He's not good and not funny. And the problem is, he's kind of got away with, made a career out of being not good and not funny, because that is the characters he's played. Yeah. And it, it's kind of like that, and it hit a stumbling block once he got cocky with it, and started thinking he was something he wasn't. Thinks he's hot shit. Yeah, he does. Um, there must be others that I have that I don't Oh, oh, damn Judy Dench. Yeah, you hate damn Judy Dench. Fucking hate her. She was horrible to you. This human cat hand. I'll never forgive her. We'll never forgive been horrible to me. Yeah. Yeah. When I tried to I'm compliment her. When I tried to compliment her. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking cocky. Yeah. Arrogant bitch. Yeah. Tried to compliment her on a film. <laughs> and she told me I was an idiot. I don't, I don't forgive people <laughs> that insult you. <laughs> Just because you like fucking Chronicles of Riddick. Yep. Me. Fuck me. Still like the Chronicles of Riddick. Still can't work out why. Why. Why is there a poster for the Chronicles of Riddick? <laughs> on his um, wall in on his 50 wall Shades. In 50 Shades. Why? Yeah. I, I need to speak to somebody to find out why. Ask Vince. Uncle Vin won't know that. Oh. They must have asked him. They won't Uncle have asked Vin him. knows everything. Uncle Vin, I will, I will ask Uncle Vin. I will ask Jamie Dornan. I, that is it. That is my lockdown mission. <laughs> Done and I'm, I'm gonna he's probably bored in lockdown, he'll probably reply. Yeah, I'm gonna. That is my lockdown mystery to try and find out <laughs> why there is a poster for the Chronicles of Riddick. In fact, do you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna have a look and see if there's an audio commentary. Yeah. The Fifty Shades Freed. No. Fifty Shades Darker? Fifty Shades Freed's the final one. Mm. Fifty Shades Darker, and I will watch that and find out. 
you're going to have to be, be patient with him. He's 50 shades of fucked up. I, I, fair I point, Mark. Still, be careful. I still maintain that I like those movies. <laughs> they, the Way first, more than I should. The first one takes itself a bit too seriously, but he's still fine. The yep. other two kind of lean into, oh, yeah, no, we're not making serious movies based on these no. books, are we? They're not going to work. No. And then they're fun. Yeah, so much fun. God, there's so many actors and actresses I hate. Pommel horse, man. That pommel horse, that, that, that wow. is a hot scene. It is indeed. It is. My, my, I'll, I'll be honest, my dick is twitching just thinking about it. <laughs> oh, my God, man. Your fucking wording of things is just horrific. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Ethan Barr, uh, Ethan M. Barr says, I miss the cinema. Apart from the films themselves, what aspect of a cinema trip do you miss the most? Trailers. Fucking trailers. If they just put them on YouTube, I'd be able to like keep myself all right for a bit. I, I, I do think that there should be an option um, on iTunes where it states trailers, yes or no. Yeah. And you can click skip, and it just skips all of them. But if you want, it will show you trailers either for movies by, you know, if it's a Universal film you watch it, it can be stuff that's coming out in the cinema from Universal rather than stuff that's available on iTunes or anything like that. They could do that, and it could just be a button that you press that just hits skip, and it just skips completely. But there's an option there to just give you a couple of trailers, because we always like it when we take DVDs to the cabin when we go to the cabin. Oh, um, it's always fucking trailers. Because we can put it in, it's like, fuck hell, there's just trailers on this. It's so exciting. And you can't skip them, and it's wonderful, and yeah. I like trailers. Yeah. So yeah, I'd agree with your trailers. I miss trailers. I miss, I miss everything about Snowman. I miss the seats. I miss the smell. I miss the movies. I even miss the slightly inept staff. But we don't have that at cinema, to be fair. Oh, no, they always look a bit confused, though, when they try and scan your phone, don't they? That that that, that one kid who doesn't seem to accept the fact that I will not give him my phone. Yeah, no. Or can I just take your phone to just scan it? No, no, you may not. <laughs> everything. I miss everything about the cinema, but probably mostly trailers. Ian, what's you? People <laughs> leaving me the fuck alone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I I just miss that 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 weird that that atmosphere of being sat in a cinema, um, and you know I, I I try not to when I'm watching a movie, especially if it's a movie I've never seen before. Mm. I try not to look at my phone. It's too easy, though, isn't it? But it is there. But also, well, I'm, if I'm watching it at home, I know that at some point I can pause it and mm. like that. Whereas I prepare to go to the cinema. Yeah, you do. You don't drink for like three days. I don't drink for five hours before I go to the <laughs> Three so, days. So I, well, literally, if I'm watching something that I really want to watch and it's more than two hours long, I will I will have a drink in the morning and I won't drink the rest of the day. Um, and I won't eat anything that might make me need to wee. Um, so, no soup for you. No soup. I fuck, fuck soup. soup. Um, so yeah, with that. Um, but yeah, I do miss the fucking cinema. I do. We 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 can see it from like outside our house, and it's got like this big purple strip band thing of light around the top of the building, and we just keep every time we go out on our evening walk, we just look across and see the lights, and it's so sad. Yeah. Also, the, where the building is that that is is connected to had some letters go up on it, hadn't it? And we've got two routes that we walk on our normal route. Because um, we're going like a fucking three mile walk every night at the moment, aren't yeah. we? And I'll let's visit the cinema. And I'll let's visit the cinema route. And we noticed there was there was like signs being put up on the sides. What is on, on the side of this building? We're like shit, we need to go and see what is gonna be opening when it all reopens. Yeah. So we walked there last night to fucking see it, thinking yes, this is gonna be it. And it was a 
putt-putt golf and a random D. Yeah, there's just a D just in a the D middle of the wall. Just a D in the middle of the wall. We could go back tonight and see if they've had any more letters. I don't think they will if they've had any more letters. Well, no, let us work there the other day. No, let us work there the other day. So they might have we'll, 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 we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. We might go not today, we might go tomorrow. We'll go to our normal And we could say hi to Sydney World. Yeah. Yeah, just look miserable and just wave at it. Hi to Sydney World. We'll see you soon. Uh, what are we covering next week, guys? Covering the fucking kid. The kid? We are covering the kid. We're also covering the Chris Hemsworth starring Netflix film Extraction, baby. And it, it, Let's it, go. Is that to do with uh, anyone from Marvel? I think I want to say the Russos produced this motherfucker. Didn't one of them co-write it? I think one of them did co-write it, and I did think they do uh, produce it, yeah. There we go. Which is brilliant. <laughs> and Mr. Jones. Oh, and Mr. Jones, yeah. The 99p rental. The 99p rental, oh. which we watched the trailer for. I, I, I am up for that. It's got Vanessa Kirby in it, of course you are. Everyone's up for Vanessa Kirby. Yeah. Indeed. I'm very up for Vanessa Kirby. She's a tasty treat, isn't she? <laughs> She's very, very pretty girl. She's isn't very she? pretty, yes. Um... Right, so yeah, so that is our show. Uh, remember, guys, uh, we are Pod Syndicate. There's some good shows on that. Uh, we have Slater Cast coming up uh, in the next few weeks, uh, as well as some other bits. No. What? Aww. What? Pump up the volume is deeper than I remembered it being. There we go, I've got it out. You can do Slater Cast if you want. You'll be watching all of the movies with me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the Slater Cast, which people will be taking part in. Yeah. Uh, some of the news are all news. I'm not even quite sure yet. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, what else? Then? Patreon uh, slash film bastards. Please check that out, guys. Um, and everybody. Is it, is it a forward slash or a backslash? Forward. Forward slash. Um, and everyone, um, stay safe, stay healthy, stay at home. Don't go mental. Yeah. Peace. Bye. All. Goodbye. Yesterday, all my troubles seem so far away. Now I need a place to hide away. Oh, I, I believe in yesterday. Suddenly. All too suddenly Oh, why did she have to go? I don't know Tell you, I don't know The little girl wouldn't say Ooh, I must have, must have said something wrong Now I long, long, long for yesterday Talking about yesterday Love, love, love Was such an easy game to play Now I need a play to hide away Lord, I 
Yesterday. 